Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast here on episode number 130 it is our season 13 finale here on monday may the 20th 2019 as always i'm joe Morata alongside the one and only michael quinn how you doing there michael howdy diddy quinn yesterday was a uh, cane day yes. 19th or cape yeah day. or cape day that's with gotta be cape yes with cape with a k so we hope you all had a nice may 19th we hope you got to see cane shake hands with Kane. That's nice. Now that involves Lita or something, Something right? to do with Lita and fake Kane and he threw him out a door. Remember right. that? Oh yeah. That's a good time. The fake Kane. <laughs> but folks, this is the real OVP and thank you so much for being a real fan and joining us here as we romp you through the world of retro wrestling yet again for another week. Uh, as I mentioned, it is our season 13 finale. Got some great topics in store for you, but before we get to any of that, I want to remind you, if you have a Twitter, you can follow us there at OVP podcast and you can also email us if you need to. At ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. But if you have the Facebook, there's a great place to find us there and talk to us about the old wrestling, Quinn. Yes, over at facebook.com slash cape. It's a good site about capes and cane and May 19th. <laughs> yes, great. That's all it's about, really. I, that's I, all we post there. That's all we do. Yeah, we I, post pictures of wrestlers and capes. We are the official cane. Cape Cane fan club. Cape Cane. <laughs> cape Cane, that's a movie, right? <laughs> yes. Anyway, you go over there. There's a search bar. Um, there's a cape next to it. <laughs> you type our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast. Yes, that's correct. Beep, bop, boop, the capes and the, and the <laughs> scary, right spooky in. things yep. and bats and things. And then Kaflui. Kaflui. You get the group. You hit the group. I want to join the group button. We add to the operators and by. Morticia and <laughs> yeah, the Adams, there the Adams too. families there. All kinds of people they, are they there. They let you in. What is this? The Halloween episode? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and anyway, over on our Facebook group, capes notwithstanding, you can talk to us and a bunch of other wrestling fans about the old wrestling we welcome anyone from every background whether you wear a cape or not uh, you are welcome to join the group if you want to talk wwf wcw ecw the territories the indies little current little retro whatever you want come one come all bring your cape if you have one it's our vantage point retro wrestling podcast discussion group on facebook and also later on in the show we'll have some info about our patreon we do have a Patreon. It's yeah. not uh, the get rich quick type of right. Not one. Sanford and Son, and uh, it's definitely not Steptoe and Son. Is there a special uh, Cape podcast? Stop on, it on that on that Patreon. Maybe, there? maybe we'll bring back the Rushmore and Death Valley of Capes. If oh, we, there you uh, go. <laughs> well, we still have to do the other one. We have to do hats still. Hats, I know. Yeah, but anyway, you can uh, you can find that at patreon.com slash OVP podcast if you want to donate. But Quinn, it is season thirteen finale right now, and. As you folks might know, if you are a fan of the show and you've been following along, usually when we hit the finale, we get a little wackier, a little silly when it comes to some of our topics. And we've been doing all season long, Quinn, 
A segment we've called a star to a jobber, which is what, basically? Basically, you won a lot, and then you lost a lot, right. and you were young when you lost, like you weren't anything. <laughs> yeah, you're, like you're, you you should have been something, but you weren't. Yeah. I, it's something like that. Well you know, said. You know, Glacier. Yeah, and, Glacier, yeah, Renegade. Those, those kind of idiots. People like that. We even talked about Honky Tonk Man uh, last right. week, because we figured he still had some gas left in the tank, in the he, honky tank. He did. <laughs> in the honky tank, man. Uh, but this week, when it's the finale, we're going to talk about Bobby Heenan. They want to get rid of me because they're jealous of me. My whole life, everybody's been jealous of me. Yeah, that big jobber, right? Now, you might be wondering, folks, I mean, Bobby Heenan, how how and when was Bobby Heenan ever a jobber? Well, guess what? Joe and Quinn here, we have the scoop for you. We're going to tell you all about it. Now, Quinn, our story begins in September of 1984. Bobby Heenan had just come from Vern Gagne's AWA to Vince McMahon's WWF. He had the whole world ahead of him. As a talented and charismatic... Can we just please talk normally? Like, but, what are we doing here? Can, I want it to be story time. Just trust me. <sighs> can I still play the music? No. Mm. All right, fine. All right, so Bobby Heenan comes to WWF in September of 1984, right? Now, this is a big deal for them, Quinn, because he had been a very successful manager in the AWA. Yes, the AWA, the <laughs> Lake Minnetonka City yeah, the, over there. the cereal company. Yeah. And uh, he was a charismatic talker. I could beat you on a Monday. I could beat you on a Tuesday. I could beat you all during the weekend. You're a man of a thousand holds. You know probably more wrestling than anybody in professional wrestling has ever known. You know counter moves. You know how to put people in situations. You know how to take advantage of everything in that ring. Well, you don't know how to take advantage of me. Great heel. Had some success in the AWA. The Blackjacks, people like that, right? So they bring him in. And his big charge is supposed to be Jesse Ventura. However, we all know what happened to Jesse Ventura. The Rolades or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the orange juice. Yeah, he had too much orange juice. Yeah. So much so they nicknamed him Agent Orange and that right. was it. You know, yeah. he couldn't wrestle. So uh, Bobby gets Big John Stud instead. And immediately he comes in and he's basically their top level manager because Blassie's on his way down. Right, Albano's on his way down. Jimmy Hart's not there yet. Nope. Fuji was in like his perpetuity of maybe managing, Nobody maybe wrestling. Really understands what he is. <laughs> right. So basically, Bobby Heenan's their top manager. They challenged for uh, the world title, Stud versus Hogan. Right. He is on top of the world throughout 85, 86. He's picking fights with Andre the Giant. Could be uh, Giant Baba. Mr. President, please don't make yourself look bad in front of the people. That's Andre the Giant. I know it. The man speaks like Andre the Giant. There's no Japanese wrestler seven foot five. And what's his gimmick, Quinn? He's, like <laughs> He's allegedly rich, rich right. maybe possibly Beverly Hills Beverly Hills and he's a, he's very smart and he'll tell you he's anybody who tells you they're smart mm. you, you have to question that he's also got missing link for reasons <laughs> don't bring up that <laughs> like and just stuff like that he, gets, he has other people in his faction he gets Hercules out of the wooden suit and gets him into a uh, <laughs> Roman gear or yeah. well where he just claims he is Kurt, like the Hercules, <laughs> yeah, exactly. which is always weird. But the point with Bobby Heenan is throughout 1984, 85, 86, and going into 87, he was a top-level manager that took himself very seriously. He was the best. He was smart. He was rich. You look like the doorman at the plaza, and you're laughing at my head. Yeah, you look like a boomerang salesman out of work. How do you like that? Tell me what I look like. I got $1,000 worth of clothes on. However, he never won the big one, Quinn. Right. I mean, he obviously failed with Andre the Giant. And and even when Andre did eventually win it, he wasn't even, Bobby wasn't even the manager, like, right. for that brief second or but whatever. There's one great thing that happened in that angle, so I'm glad you mentioned that. So, he manages Andre. Shockingly, Andre turns, right, and becomes a big heel. Right. 
93,000 or maybe 78,000 people, right? Don't, just don't even go by that Meltzer shit. It's terrible. Gotta be fair. We're journalists, Quinn. 93,173. Let's, this is story let's time. stick to canon. <laughs> but he doesn't win. Andre loses. So Bobby's hopes and dreams are shattered. But he brings Andre back at the Survivor Series, still gunning for Hogan, right? But then the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, wanders in in his cape. Right. And when, <laughs> he does have a cape. He does. And when he comes in, he buys the contract of Andre the Giant from Bobby Heenan for $1 million. Right, and this is after Jack Tubby is like, no, you can't, never fucking again can you buy the title or <laughs> right. whatever. February 5th, 1988 will go down in World Wrestling Federation history as a day of infamy. Never before has there been such controversy to surround a World Wrestling Federation championship match. But Andre does win the title, right? And then immediately serenades DiBiase with it. Right. As you know, the tag team championship. He won the tag titles, (laughs) not the world title. No, the tag titles. Serenaded DiBiase with it. The world title championship. And now, I serenade the world title championship to Paul DiBiase. However, nothing really great came of this because Tubby vacated the title, right? Right. And DiBiase says, fuck, I've had enough with Andre. He's worthless to me. Sells him back to Bobby. For $100,000. So the profit Bobby Heenan makes here, $900,000. So now we have like actual numbers. Like Bobby the Brain, like. That's a tidy profit. He's supposed to be rich before, but that's never proven. Other than that $10,000 bag of money that one time. (laughs) But like he, now he's got like, if you add the 10,000, because he never gave it to anybody, he's got. He's got almost a million at least. $900,000, whatever. It's more than I have. Yeah. There you a go. A little more than I have. Right. You know, all I have is hundreds on me right now. Exactly. But anyway, so small fortune. <laughs> small, small fortune. So Bobby still guns for titles, but he's the object of ridicule by one Gorilla Monsoon all throughout their show, Primetime Wrestling. And Gorilla does his very best to undercut Bobby, make fun of him at every single turn, and I just don't think that's very fair, Quinn. Well, it's not fair to Bobby, but he's acting like an ass most remember the time you get the lawyer there (laughs) the neck injury with patera neck injury the whole rick rude brooklyn brawler all terry taylor like there's just a roddy piper gets involved that's true there's all this back and forth he brings gorilla on a boat and they like fall around and stuff like that the stolen yacht they go to the wild west they do they go to the movies yeah basically they do all this stuff and always bobby looks like a big idiot yep this is my time i'm enjoying myself you're scaring the fish get the hell out of here but he finally wins some gold at wrestlemania 5 quinn he's finally finally a champion the intercontinental champion rick rude his new pride and joy and now it's better than nothing it's better than nothing and now the critics can shut up in 89 right right? he's a manager of a champion that's right until SummerSlam, of course and that's another downfall for bobby so what does he do he tries to regroup and he gets himself the colostomy connection and the tag team titles right and before that he actually during his rude thing he won those tag titles too with the brain oh the brain busters yeah look at that so but he lost all that shit yeah (laughs) so then he just only had colostomy he had colostomy (laughs) which was the remnants of like andre and exactly shitty haku (laughs) but what happens at wrestlemania 6 quote the colostomy connection loses their tag titles and what happens to poor bobby heenan he gets all slapped around (laughs) by andre like paint brushes him as gorilla says yep he looks like a big idiot and the rest cart yeah that he doesn't get to go back on the cart (laughs) no cart i mean he still has some future ahead of him the barbarian like beats the shit out of tito santana like he's still got rick rude like dancing around out there oh yeah you know he's got some shit yeah so the summer of 90 is very big for bobby heenan because he gets rick rude a haircut 
Right. He gets Barbarian Antlers. Right. And he gets a new Intercontinental Champion, Mr. Perfect. Right. So he's a, he's a quite a new guy. Back on top. He all, all he had to do was just kind of step in. Like, Perfect was already in the finals of the match. Yeah. Bobby's like, hey, I'm here now. <laughs> yeah. and, like, and then Mr. The Perfect, brain. since he's, like, undefeated, allegedly, <laughs> even though, like, Brutus Beefcake beat him or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, and he others. wins it. Yeah. So now Bobby's got the Intercontinental Champion. He's got Rick Rude challenging for the world title at SummerSlam 90. Of course, the Warrior wins. But Bobby Heenan doesn't give up, Quinn. And throughout the end of 1990, he's trying, but just no success seems to happen. So much so that in the spring of 1991, Bobby Heenan retires from managing. And this is a downfall, in my opinion, because he just can't get it done anymore. Who did he have left? Haku? So I disagree here because I feel like he was just transferring like what he was doing at this okay. point, right? Mm-hmm. Like nothing has been exposed yet, as we'll get to. True. You're but right. He's just saying, like, I'm just changing what I'm doing. Like I'm instead of a manager, and I still have like interests, right? Instead of a manager, I'm going to be a broadcast journalist. Increase his profile a little right. bit. Right. Maybe he thought I can make more money doing this. Strengthen that portfolio. Right. Exactly. I still got the monies um, involved. I'm in Beverly Hills all the time. No, got Miss Betsy. Yeah, Miss Betsy, and I don't manage on the street, but like Haku's <laughs> like purse money still comes to me. Right, and, and barbarian, barbarian, and stuff. So like he, they, they did say this. Like you're right. They, they did. acted like he still like He's somehow involved. like was involved. But then we hit SummerSlam 1991, and while he's on commentary with Roddy Piper, who calls him boobs all the time, uh, and Gorilla, he leaves mid-match and presents the NWA title to Hulk Hogan, fake Hulk Hogan dressing room door. Right, (laughs) and then he comes back, and they're like, oh, the green on your fingers, and the WCW belt sucks, blah, blah, blah. But he starts hyping up Ric Flair. Now, could he possibly be bringing Ric Flair to the WWF, Quinn? Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and he actually manages Flair all the way from the broadcast booth to the world title. Yes, he finally does it, and he's, like, hands off. Isn't that <laughs> the best? Oh, yes! 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 He did it! I told you 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 this is the height of Bobby Heenan, prime Bobby Heenan, folks, because Royal between Royal Rumble 92 and WrestleMania 8, he is in, maybe not at ringside, but he is truly the manager of the world champion. Right. He's got perfect doing, like, the street level, like you were yeah, saying. Like, he's, he's managing the, the monies on the side. Or yeah. Something. Executive consultant. What the fuck was he again? Executive. Uh, perfect. Perfect. Executive consultant. Bobby was financial advisor. Right. Because okay. <laughs> Ric Flair can't just have a manager. No, he's got like, a he's team. Got, he's got he's got a team and he's got people with like titles. Like <laughs> right. who's the VP of Ric Flair Enterprises or whatever? Maybe Fifi. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Hmm. Fifi. Yeah, Fifi. She knows VP. all about that V and P, if yeah. you know what I mean there. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> anyway. The downfall truly begins at WrestleMania 8 because Ric Flair loses the world title the to Macho Man Randy Savage. We don't even see the centerfold. Right. All that money they probably paid for the centerfolds. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Gorilla Monsoon will not let go of it. I mean, he is just <laughs> rubbing it in oh, after man. that match that so, Bobby lost. Yes. Basically, everything falls apart here. And this is what we mean by from star to a jobber. That's it, folks. This is, this is where it happens. Throughout the rest of 1992, despite Flair's brief regaining of the title in September, which, which is, no one cared about. It was kind of just so that they could pass it to somebody else, right? I yeah. mean, they needed a heel. Bobby Heenan becomes less and less and less 
prominent when it comes to what's going on in the ring. He is now relegated to doing All-American in 93 with Gene with the windbreakers on. The windbreakers, I think, is an important point here because all of a sudden his style gets shittier, too. So Bobby Heenan was a man that was known for glitterly garish or sometimes stylish suits all throughout the 80s into the 90s. Right. Very well-dressed. You could tell he was spending that Beverly Hills cake. Right. If you will. Looking good, right? Well groomed. Now he was spending that Caldor. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You're right about that. And one of the telling moments in nineteen ninety three, this is the, the true like decline now is the year of ninety three, folks. The last ever primetime, which we reviewed recently. Yeah. Who takes the blame for the end of the show? Bobby. Bobby. It was just a question of time, Brain, before you're destroyed. What? Are Prime you saying that wrestling. are you saying that Bobby the Brain is the reason for the demise of Solely Prime? responsible, yes, Vince. Vince and Gorilla just blaming him for the that's whole thing. Bullshit, by the way. I don't even know what the fuck that's about. Why are they like, oh, it's all Bobby's fault? Like, what did he do? Very He wasn't very even unfair. on that show anymore. <laughs> he was just like the, the guy panel. that like fought Gorilla in <laughs> WrestleMania video game or whatever. Like he was nothing. Bobby the Brain Heenan will play the game as Sid Justice, and you, Gorilla, if you don't mind, will play the game as the Hulkster himself. The two of you will go over playing Super (laughs) Nintendo. He was barely part of it. Vince had already screwed up primetime, yet they blame... (laughs) They blame Bobby. Bobby wasn't the one that that wanted Vince there with a live audience in the Zuba's pants. Bobby didn't want Cameo there or whatever, (laughs) and all that shit. Bobby falling around and pudding with the Bushwhackers or whatever it is, you know that's what it is. (laughs) It's something like that. It's always something. Even like if that. that didn't happen, you can just like Mandela effect that into your mind. It you know? probably happened. It probably happened. And they blame Bobby for the downfall of primetime. And not only that, their once prominent top broadcast journalist is not allowed on their new program, Monday Night Raw. What is that, by the way? Like, he was like their current top, like, <laughs> yes. like heel announcer. And right. just like, no, fuck you. You're, we're getting Rob Bartlett. <laughs> Rob <laughs> like, Bartlett. Like, you stink, Bobby Heenan. You try to get in. We're even letting Sean Mooney in, but not you. And then Bobby has to dress like a woman. And, and a rabbi. Like, yeah, and a rap. Like, this This is what I'm talking about. This, this once, like... Manager of the world champion, like glittery coats, is is dressing like a lady and a rabbi to get into <laughs> Raw, like a fucking idiot. And the guy that does like a third rate Mike Tyson impression and craps on wrestling is sitting next to Vince. Right, it's bullshit, man. <laughs> and this and is this is what we mean. Like, are you mean. seeing this right now? <laughs> so Bobby uh, does make it to WrestleMania somehow. Of course, he has to ride the camel backwards, you know. And of course, because why would he not look like an idiot? Like they finally let him back in. And that's what happens. Savage pulls up his toga and shows off Bobby's underpants to the crowd. And then Bobby is just completely getting just smacked around by Gorilla on commentary. And even and then Jr. comes in to do challenge. Now Bobby doesn't even have Gorilla anymore. Right now he's got to deal with Jr. all throughout '93 on challenge and Gene on All American, where they allegedly are going places, but it's really just a green screen. Yep, they they, they don't even have the budget to go places (laughs) anymore. And as we mentioned, the Windbreakers are very prominent in '93. Members only. so by the time we get to the end of the year some very big things happen here at the survivor series 1993 bobby heenan is very annoyed at gorilla monsoon who's not who's doing radio at the next table over if you recall gorilla's not even (laughs) should be the downfall of gorilla too (laughs) and uh bobby heenan just the whole night is just making cracks at gorilla well gorilla did you get your business taken care of did you see that jim ross i saw it did you see that fountain of misinformation did you hear the things that he said I should have cold cocked him. I, I deal with him every week on the WWF Wrestling Challenge. Well, that's your problem. I, it, it is my problem. 
Gorilla threatens to punch him <laughs> and threatens to get him out of here. So a couple of weeks later on Raw, that's what happens. But before that final Raw, WWF Magazine. Yes, this is, I think this is the important detail of all this, Joe, because a lot of people don't know about this. I never heard of it before until you like. You didn't show me the article, but you like basically like summarized yeah. it like years ago to me. So like, explain this now. So at one of the tail end issues of '93, and I actually forget off the top of my head. It might be the December of '93 issue. You know, Narcissus on the cover. It, no, shit. I don't think it has Narcissus. But Penny Levin, who briefly wrote articles for WWF magazine. Now is that a real person? I I, I don't know. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> question. Just like it's Russo in another pseudonym. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. She wrote an article. Uh, basically, an expose on Bobby Heenan and how, <laughs> despite his boasts and claims of being rich and having these connections and having fancy cars and eating at nice restaurants, was basically reduced to not having change for the phone booth, uh, riding a bicycle with a oh, broken wait, tire. Excuse me. <laughs> he had no contacts in Beverly Hills. Nobody in Hollywood knew who he was. And he was at this point in late 1993 reduced to. What you might can you remember Wimpy from from Popeye? I'll gladly pay nice. you tomorrow for a hamburger today. He basically became what a reference. What the fuck? He basically became the Wimpy of the WWF in this article, and it turns out that he was just always blowing hot air, and he wasn't really well known in Beverly Hills. So he Hills. never had any money. Never. What happened in the but what happened in the nine hundred thousand dollars thing? Was that just a lie too? What did DiBiase pay him a buck for him? One or something? can only assume maybe he was paying off debts with that that he. Had accrued oh. over the years did they ever say that he was a gambler bobby the brain he like, did he inferred that he he was sometimes right i thought he was cheap though too oh that's true well gorilla called him cheap bobby never called himself cheap he said he was thrifty you're the cheapest guy i know i'm thrifty yeah so right around the time this magazine comes out on december 6 1993 wwf monday night raw we see bobby heenan getting collared from the announce table by Gorilla Monsoon. Now, can you explain to me, why is this fucking happening? Like, now, Gorilla, for years, it's, had always made this, I'll have you taken out of here. Like, he yeah. said it all the time. Right. But this seems like, did Bobby do something specifically in this episode to prompt Gorilla no. to finally, like, okay, I'm really going to have you taken out of here? I think it was just supposed to be an accumulation <laughs> of, like, the seven years that they worked together. So finally, he actually is going to have him taken out of here. He had just had enough. And if you recall, folks, he basically picks Bobby up by his windbreaker collar. City member's coat. (laughs) Like purple one, that one. And drags him back through the uh, backstage area, yelling at him the entire time. (laughs) I've had enough of this. I've had it up to here, Brad. He picks up Bobby's suitcase or luggage or yep. whatever. It's and it's just like a duffel bag. <laughs> and, yep, and he throws him out the door. Get out and stay out. And then Bobby Heenan, in his final scene of his original WWF run, the once prominent manager of the Intercontinental Champions, tag champs, tag champions, world champion technically with Ric Flair, a broadcast journalist, a nine hundred thousand heir. That's right <laughs> from Beverly Hills is reduced to a very somber Vince McMahon commenting on the uh, the belongings that he has, that he has stolen, you know, such as a sock. An underwear. Toilet paper. Yeah. Bobby, Bobby Cannon. And in this final scene, he is asking the bus driver if he's going to LaGuardia before mm-hmm. tearfully signing off. 
What a fall from grace, Quinn, for one Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yeah, was once at the top, now it was garbage. And I know some people will be like, well, he turned up in WCW, but it was never really the same again. No, um, it he, really wasn't. He was always like, for maybe like the first year, it was kind of like classic Heenan, yeah. but he never really like did anything important, but like coached Ric Flair one time <laughs> and like, and like, like, was like playing both sides of the NWO WCW. Yeah, just thing. for his own convenience, right? Yeah. To make sure that so he that, was protected. Basically, so he didn't get beat up, yeah. not even for money or anything. No, right? just for himself to make sure he, he was okay. Yeah. Now, that was a story about Bobby Heenan. And obviously, folks, we were taking that from a kayfabe point of view there. Right. That was entirely like jobber to star, start a jobber in kayfabe. kayfabe okay. Because it's the finale and we just wanted to have some fun. But let us know your thoughts on Bobby Heenan in general because we love talking about Bobby. It's been a while since we've talked about Bobby Heenan. I figured, you know, just give him a little shout here, a little tip of the cap of the arc. If you pay close attention, you'll see what I mean throughout 93. It is an arc. Like, he gets, like, it's, less respect and less, you know what I mean? Well, actually, from just that last portion, it actually, like, makes all the stuff that people, like, complained about make sense for, like, the entire time he's there. <laughs> right. Exactly. It actually, like, writes it in nice and conveniently. Very nicely done. So, folks, let us know uh, your thoughts, memories on Bobby Heenan. Do you see any connection there with the whole arc from, like, 91 one to 93 the end of his managerial career the narcissist and all that narcissist, like yeah narcissist not narcissist you can let us know your feedback on that one on twitter you can email us or you can join the group of quinn when we come back it has been a hot topic it has been a controversial topic but today finally we settle the top 10 wrestlemanias of all time it's royal rankings the finale and it's coming up right after this does she walk does she talk Wimpy has eaten 15 burgers a day, every day, for the last 73 years. That comes out to 399,675 burgers. Hey Wimpy, you might want to base yourself. The guacamole bacon chicken sandwich, only at Carl's Jr. Get the hell out of here! And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, here on episode number 130, May 20th, 2019. Hey, Quinn, we mentioned at the top of the show that we do have a Patreon. Yeah, we do. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast, right? Is yeah. That, is that what it is? That's exactly what it is. Very wow, I got there. it. You got it. Folks, you can get it, too. If you want to head over there and just check out what we've got, it's it's very simple. It's three rewards tiers, $2.00. $3 and $5. And I just want to highlight the $5 tier right now. That's where Quinn and I, each month, we're doing the WWF pay-per-view chronology in order. We started with the first WrestleMania. We're at the big event now. And next month is the biggie, Quinn, the real big event. WrestleMania 3 will be coming out for wow. June. You can say we're setting off a real chrono trigger, if you will. I will. Uh, <laughs> but go over to Patreon. We have some cool rewards there. If you want to support the show, we really would appreciate it. But again, we're not in for the money, and we understand if you just want to listen for free on Mondays. Now then, Quinn, as we mentioned, this is the finale of the Royal Rankings. Yes, the big finale. And if someone happens to be listening for the first time, I just want to clarify what the Royal Rankings is, because anytime we post it on Twitter of like what the current rankings are, everyone's like, where's this WrestleMania? Right. Even though I say every week two more are added. Here's what happened, folks. <laughs> every time. <laughs> Before this season started, we asked you, the fans, for your top 10 and bottom 10 WrestleManias. 
We combined all of them into two separate tanks, the best tank and the worst tank, which we call the septic tank, if you will. The flush tank. That's right. The top 10 of each made it to the finals, meaning there is probably 20-something of each, right? But the top 10 of each made it. And then each week, we have pulled out two names, alternating weeks, right? The rankings and the flush, and we rank them. When we did the flush last week when we finished it out, but here's the current royal rankings. There's eight on the board. Here they are. At number one, despite people's love for the golden era, is WrestleMania 17. I think it's deserving. I do too. No, there's still two more. And it's, yeah, you're right. Number two is WrestleMania 3, like right behind it. I mean, it's WrestleMania 3, of course. Of course. Now, WrestleMania 6 is just on there, not for its wrestling quality, but it's intangibles. It's the most rewatchable one, (laughs) I I would say. I really think so. WrestleMania 30 is number four, which is huge for a new WrestleMania. I've heard some problems with this. Yeah. Go watch the show again. I think it's the most rewatchable in years. Like, it's actually like I've rewatched it. It's a good show. Yeah, it's a very good show. And you know what? If you disagree with any of these rankings... It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> We're not upset. Okay. <laughs> At number five is an old favorite of a lot of people, WrestleMania 10. Yep. Good WrestleMania. Another, another uh, you know, solid. Even number there. Yeah. T- 10. 10, yep. Yeah. And number six is WrestleMania 20, another one that made it pretty high for a right. new one, right? Isn't that nice? Uh, 30, 10, and 20 all, all together. There there the, the anniversary, mainly. Yeah, so exactly. I like to call them. Uh, WrestleMania 8, which I happen to really personally love, is it's at good. number seven. It yeah. is. And rounding out the list is WrestleMania 18. I don't even know why that's on the list. I don't really either. So, folks, that's eight of the ten. There are only two left in the pool here. Why don't we go down now to Howard Finkel for the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. And welcome to WrestleMania 3. The irresistible of Wrestlemania. The finale, Quinn. Get hyped! This is it. (laughs) Get excited! Wow! It is time. Alright, folks, we have run down the eight Wrestlemanias on the board now. There are only two left. The time for talking is through. It is now time for turkey, Quinn. It's always time for turkey around here. (laughs) This is it, though. This is it. This is the last turkey of the the year. This is it. This is is the last turkey roast of the year. Let's all find out who drew number nine. When it was DX rated, they say it's WrestleMania 14. Really X, so much X, <laughs> so, so much X. WrestleMania 14 is a favorite of a lot of people because it technically, or I guess officially, or they say it kicked off the Attitude Era. Yeah, Quinn. I like to say it's the end of the pre-Attitude Attitude Era. It really <laughs> is. It's the final nail in the coffin for the new gen. Yeah, th- that's it. 
fuck that shit. Which is good. Yeah. You know, it's good that that happened. Now, it was about time. Let's put it that way. It was. Now, if you were born probably anywhere between 1980 to 1987 or 8, you probably loved WrestleMania 14 when it happened. Oh, I mean, it was it was kind of the return to prominence, right? It, was it like, really was this like, time. Now we don't have to be in aircraft hangars right. anymore, and like it can be like a regular thing again. Right. It was like finally since, honestly, what felt like WrestleMania 10. We right. finally have like a big WrestleMania because twelve didn't feel big. We have one that feels like it kicks off an era. Like, exactly, it's like there's something new happening in WF, and this is what this is and, basically. Yeah, and their ratings had been on the rise, and the general excitement and the crowd had been on the rise, and their storylines were a lot different and just harder edge than they had been. And obviously, Mike Tyson was a big attraction right. here. They were becoming an actual like pop culture thing again, kind of like the olden days, kind of like, like the olden golden days. Yeah. Quinn. So WrestleMania 14 was March 29th, 1998, the Fleet Center in Boston, Mass. Quinn, did you uh, see this as it happened? Uh, I did. I, I did too. I saw this live on television pay-per-view thing. Yep, and as a 12-year-old, I remember being extremely excited for this. Yes, I couldn't I, wait. Yes, I mean, I was... Here, I had mixed feelings, though, because here, here my man, Shawn Michaels, right? True, he, your favorite. He's here. Um, we all no make need mistakes. To fear. DX is on top of the world. Stop and, it. You know, honestly, I, I saw that as, like, this probably isn't good for Shawn Michaels because, like, <laughs> he's, like, he's number one. People are just waiting to, like, topple him, right? I right, mean, of course. Like, and it's WrestleMania, and the good guys always win, and Shawn's yeah. a heel right now. Yes, he so, is. like, this isn't going to be um, a great thing for me. But on the other hand, you liked Austin anyway, didn't you? Yeah, I did. And I liked all the other shit on this card, too, which was the other thing. Because really, they were starting the, the edgy thing. It hadn't been played out yet. Oh, right? not at it all. Was like, it was just it was starting. Like, this is very cool. Like, it's just, they're, they're so bombastic and, like, yeah. always breaking the rules and right. stuff. And, like, I love this era of WF, right? Like, this. I do, too. This 97 into 98. Into 98. Yeah. It's right. Like, oh, man. It's just, everything is good. Yep. We've got the classic Attitude Era commentary team of JR and King right. when they were really good. Right. 98 exactly. King. Even even if you're a detractor, come on, give 98 King a shot. He's great. He's good in 98. And also, just here's the thing is even in the undercard, there was a lot of this this feeling, right, that a lot of these new generation guys mm-hmm. that like the ones that did survive into this era, yep. it's like they had reinvented themselves and yep. everyone had like new things, yep. right? And even like old things were reinvented, like the Nation of Domination wasn't this like goofy three idiots anymore yeah. it was like all these like cool badass cooler and, right yeah like just uh, that's what i mean by that it's just like everything had i guess evolved yeah. from like its new generation roots into this new thing a lot of people on this card did you're yeah. absolutely right uh let's start with the uh, the first match here was the LOD 2000. Now, this was a surprise, so they, Quinn. They, they evolved into yeah, an unfortunate. That was horrible. New Pokemon right here, that's, LOD 2000. If you're not familiar with that, that's a hawk with uh, not his typical haircut and animal-wearing bicycle shorts, and they're managed by Sonny, and they Motorcycle have helmets. helmets yes, yeah. it's and, horrible. And, and like, it is bad. Remember, their football gear it was only half-spiked. <laughs> it's terrible. It's like, because they're edgy, right? But this was, Yeah, they're edgy. But this was a surprise. Sonny looked good, I remember, as a kid she being like, wow, Sonny looks cool. Yeah, she had flame boobs. And they won this... Uh, Tag Team Battle Royal, last eliminating the Noobman Knights. That was Bodacious now, Barton Bombastic now, Bob. Can I list the people in here? Because I think it really, exem- it really exemplifies like how things have changed. Go ahead. 
So Los Bariquas, yeah, they're still around. Yeah, Savio and Miguel Perez, yeah. Right. Also, yeah, the, the other, other team, Los Bariquas, <laughs> Jose Estrada Jr. And, and Jesus. Yep, Jesus uh, Castillo. The Truth Commission, not with the Commandant <sighs> No, anymore. Recon and Sniper. One of them is Bull Buchanan, who's good. Yeah, Bradshaw and Chains were a team I don't for know some why. reason. Because, like, I don't know, they ran out of, like, other guys. <laughs> like, Nation of Domination, Mark Henry D'Lo. Good Nation team. of Domination, Farouk and Kama. So not Farouk is all the way in this garbage. Yeah. <laughs> He's not even anything. Quebecers? Why do they, they, they work here? <laughs> but any, like anybody can get a job. I like the Rock and Roll Express. Why Remember not? Them? Yep. They're, they're here too. The Headbangers, which a team that had kind of evolved over the years. Yeah, I always Winky. That, that, like, Winky and, and Zinky. <laughs> yeah. and, and they had been, been a big thing. Too Much, which was the precursor to uh, Scotty Too Hotty and Grandmaster yeah. Sexay. Uh, too, too Cool, cool. right? Yep. Yeah. Disciples of Apocalypse, which Ape on Skull, I still don't get why Chains is just by himself. <laughs> With Bradshaw. Yeah. Uh, Steve Blackman and Flash Funk for reasons. And and of course, the Godwins. Well, you gotta have the Godwins. Now, the Godwins at this point in time, too, were like, they were like kind of more badass. Like, I like them. This is no shirts, right? So they yeah. were badass. Yeah. Like, Overalls only, with no shirts. Yeah, so just just that whole gambit of people. It's a gambit. I, I loved it. He means gambit. Also, I'm the juggernaut. Bitch. And the LOD 2001, the crowd was into it. I'll give them credit. They right. was surprised to see them come out in weird attire and they music. Were the, they were the surprise entrance. They were, and they were the final entrance, and they won it. Uh, and then, and that's on the regular show. There's no pre-match here. Right. The next match was the rather new WWF light heavyweight title, so right. it wasn't a complete joke yet. So here's the thing, is WCW was killing it with the cruiserweights. Like, oh, it yeah. It was just so much better than this. However, WF, you know, they have to give it a shot, right? Like, mm, yeah. to, to try to compete. So they sign uh, Taka Michinoku, who nobody ever heard of. Before. No, like, unless you like Japan. Unless you like Japan, yes. Not even, like, at this point, he was, like, only in, like, He was I don't young. Know, frontier martial arts. Was I he an FMW? Maybe. I don't know. I'm just making FM- that up. I'm just saying he was, like, some, like, not New Japan, I think. Like I don't think it was New Japan. Right, no. exactly. He wasn't, like, who is this guy? No, he was, like, part of, like, Taka Michinoku wrestling. He like was in, yeah. Thing or he was in that, and he was. Uh, I think Club Kamikaze or Kai and Tai DX, as it was called, was exactly. He was in that in Japan. But anyway, Agula was his opponent, Quinn, right? And uh, S.A. Rios at, later yeah, on, yeah, or Poppy Chulo, I believe, as no, well. He didn't have Lita yet. No, there was no Lita. Although she would come later in the year or something, right? She came in two thousand. Okay. Oh wow, that far when in, he huh? was S.A. Rios. Yeah. Now this is a good match, actually. It's not amazing. It's five minutes. It's short, but it's good. It's yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. You know what I mean? Right. Next up, we have the uh, European Championship match, Quinn. Now, okay. <laughs> so, on one hand, right, yep. I like that the European title was... This, this. It took a while, but it was finally like... To me, this is like the first time, okay, this is like an actual thing that yeah, we're going to defend. It right? was good in 98. Yeah, it was like, it's okay, right? Yep. And so, we have the Triple H, who's the champion, with China, of course. DX Triple H. With um, Owen Hart. Fighting the Triple H, right? Yep. Now, if I recall, Sergeant Slaughter in a black <laughs> shirt on the outside, he's like, I'm going to spit on you and make sure that this doesn't get out of hand. Right. And then China throws like baby powder in his face. And he, he looks, looks like a fat idiot. Yep. This is where, you know, after months and months of DX fucking with Slaughter, your old lady is not too thrilled with your privates. And China <laughs> interfering in Triple H's matches. Slaughter's like, I'm going to handcuff myself to you. Right, and, and then, he ends up making himself look stupid, as usual. Yep, and Owen Hart had come in, had been off about a month after Montreal. 
Black Heart. Came, Heart. Yeah, came back through the crowd, attacked Shawn Michaels. Everyone was into it, but then they just shove him off to the side, and then he's doing this. And I was a little disappointed that he didn't get the big face victory. Me Insta- too. Instead, they just made like Sergeant Slaughter look stupid. <laughs> the crowd Which, cheered all now, the heels. Honestly. I will say, looking back now, this kind of makes sense because if this if this whole era is about like bucking authority, it's like right. you got to have like the real anti hero like yeah kind of win here, right? It, it, like, the tide was turning in terms of the crowd's responses to things. This is this show is a really good example, right, of where the paradigm shift was happening because Triple H and China are pure heels, but the crowd's cheering everything they do, right? And all and I think purely because they're shitting on Sergeant Slaughter. Correct. I think that it's not really about, like, they like Owen Hart. Yeah, he they're gets behi- cheered, they're too. They're behind him, yep. but they rather see them, like, the heels just, like, fuck over Sergeant Correct. Slaughter. Like, that's, like, really what they want That's really what it is, and and that's actually a pretty good match, too, Quinn. It's this okay. is a good yeah. card. Yeah. Now, the next match is a mixed tag. Now, I... I you ahead. can say what you want to Go say ahead. about this, Joe. I think this is good. I was going to say, this is very underrated. Yes, because... This is an excellent mixed tag Because I thought you were, like, Personally, I just thought you didn't like it because Sable. I don't or like Sable, but this is good. She's used well here. Now, this is like the first kind of time, if I recall, like they had been building right for a while. That like, you know, Sable's really getting it taken Feisty. advantage of. <laughs> she's getting taken oh, yeah. advantage of by like, Mero. almost in like a Miss Elizabeth kind of way. But oh, this yeah. is the attitude era, so the women actually fight now. Right, shit. right. Like so. Yep. Okay, so Sable is teaming up with Mark Mero, who she's still with, that, like grudgingly that, teaming up, right, against Goldust and Luna. And now they had been bothering them for months now yeah it's an interesting and this has got to be russo because right. meryl was a heel right technically right and goldust and luna are also heels but he's the artist formerly known as really goldust. sable was the face she's a face and everybody else was heels right right but meryl still has there's some depth here meryl still has a little bit of um concern for sable right and had they to said, defend her honor now had they said like or any like alluded to or anything that they're married like had they, i forget i i don't, I don't want to misspeak okay well if i do i don't give a I, shit I but like i don't it know it's like understood for yeah some reason. But i don't so think that's they why, say it that's why it made sense right. that mark merrow would like well I, they don't want i don't want them to be with my wife or right. whatever even though like i hate her for some reason i think maybe but, they implied it but let it to the smarter fan to figure out the people right. that knew just knew you know yeah, what i'm saying exactly but what's great about this match is Sable is used probably now again? I don't like her as a wrestler, but she's used well here. I'm yes, because she is she's brief and her spots hit big, and that's it. Now I have to say, up to this point, the, to me, this is the first time it really like really happened. Up to this point, Sable was portrayed as like a Miss Elizabeth type, like a yeah. I don't, I don't really fight back. Like yeah. it, it, I, I'm I'm a lady, and like blah blah blah. Now right? she's here to kick some ass. Now she's here to kick some ass, and if I recall, the big thing is she hits the sable bomb for the first time. Yeah, on Luna. This, on Luna. Mm-hmm. It's not on Goldust. Please I don't, don't believe so. And so she hits that, and that is the big like. Yeah. That is the iconic moment, I would say, of the match. It is, uh, and it actually like to me that was like a WrestleMania. It's like, oh my it god! Is. So wait a second. For me as a fan, I'm like, wait a second. Sable can do wrestling moves. Right, like right. that's like how like how it came off. Right. They used her well. I mean, I, and you got to give credit to Luna. 
Yeah. Solid pro putting Goldust her over. Goldust was great, and too. And Goldust was good here, and too. And Mark Merrill was great as, like, the heelish, like, companion. Yeah, but, like, like, they're kind of getting along, but, like, Sable right. really doesn't want anything to do with him. And if I recall, Goldust had fucked with Morrow a little bit before, yeah, he did. before this began. He did. So, Morrow's kind of in this for himself, but he's slightly still defending Sable. And the right. best part is, Morrow hits the fucking shooting star press, which he hadn't done in forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Johnny B. Bad move. And the crowd's all into it. Come on! Get in there and celebrate! And here's the thing. At the end of the match, Marrow and Sable reluctantly like shake hands. They and raise the cr- their hands. And the and crowd's it. all happy, but of course they went on to break up because Russo. I, I really thought as a kid, I thought, oh, okay, so now they're friends. Yes. Right? It's like if they've made, they won their match and they're like, it's yeah, okay, it's be, all over, we right? Be, we should still be friends. And nah. uh, it's the attitude error. That, can't, that shit can't exactly. work out. But I, I agree with you, Quinn. That's an underrated match. That's very good. It's good very fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, The Rock took on Ken Shamrock, but before that, he gave a little interview backstage with Jennifer yeah. Flowers. Yeah, nine times out of ten, The Rock <laughs> says this, and yeah. Garen Damn T, and, 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 and I believe the uh, original usage of, if you smelled him cooking. If The Rock were the jury, The Rock feels like this, nine times out of ten, he'd be a hung jury, if you smell what I'm cooking. <laughs> <laughs> but this was a great interview for him, because this, it showed the personality, you know? You know what this weirdly reminded me of? Like, an attitude era version of the rona barrett yes thing. oh like, always yeah like it's like it's like jennifer the, flowers is like attitude era rona barrett right exactly. it's real yeah, it, it is definitely like because <laughs> that room they're in and shit like i don't know it just reminds even though it's like that was with with miss elizabeth so yeah but still different. yeah uh so the rock defeats ken Sharmak, whom he'd be feuding with for months already uh by dq if you recall quinn this was the reverse decision where Shamrock had the ankle lock on. Oh, right, right, right. The Rock tapped, but the ref uh, reversed his decision because Shamrock wouldn't let go. Now, do you remember that a bunch of like fake refs came out to get suplexed by him and then like some promoter guy in a suit? Promoter guy, quote unquote. Excuse they're me? They're all like local wrestlers that come out to try to stop Shamrock, but they're dressed like officials. Oh, are they from the New England Matt Wars, I would assume? Probably, yeah. yeah we're in Boston. Maybe Brian Malonis is one. We'll have to look closely. Uh, and anyway... The uh, the Rock wins by DQ and kind of raises his finger on the way out yeah, on a stretcher. Yeah, he does Remember get that? The, like last laugh <laughs> yeah. as they like take him away. Now at some point in this, I forget when. Didn't uh, Jennifer Flowers introduce the new Jeff Jarrett with Tennessee Lee or something? <laughs> I think that happened. Let's I, pretend I, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Why was he there? Why? Tennessee Lee or Jeff no, Jarrett? Jeff Jarrett. Like, here's the thing: is you have this whole like attitude era. Like, right. we got attitude. Yada yada yada. yada. <laughs> here's Jeff Jarrett for the new generation. Never drew a dime. Yeah, with Colonel around Parker. like an asshole. Like, and you're like, what the fuck? I know. So get the fuck out of here. We don't want this. <laughs> the next match was Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie Terry Funk taking on the tag team champions, Quinn, the New Age Outlaws. Now, I love, love, love this match. To me, this is like one of the highlight matches. And I don't oh, remember yeah. like why. At like, the time, I was all into it. It was just this like wild feud where like the New Age Outlaws were acting like assholes for so long. Remember they pushed them off the Titan Tron when they were in the dumpster? Right. Shit like that. A, it was so long and built up and like months and basically like Chainsaw Charlie. Everyone kind of knew it was Terry. Oh, Funk. of course, yeah. And it was like Terry Funk was kind of coming in to like help Cactus Jack because mm-hmm. like. This shit was getting out of control. They were like teaming up, double yeah. teaming up on mankind yep. and shit. Yep. And then he had to like come in as Cactus Jack, and it was great. It like, was great. I loved it was a good all build. of this. And so this build happens, right? And the dumpster match—it's perfect because they threw mankind yeah. off in the dumpster, and then at one point they threw both of them off in the off mm-hmm. the thing in the dumpster. Yeah. And you're like, man, these motherfuckers! Like, they, we got to get them, right? right? It was like it was a well done angle, right? Like it was like 
fuck yeah, like, go Cactus and Chainsaw. And they win, Quinn, but they throw the outlaws into the wrong dumpster and Which the is decision is reversed. that night. No, the next night on Raw. Right. So they beat them that night. Their hands are raised. They're tag champs. And, like, it's actually, like, a good moment. And It is. Honestly, I feel like whoever the hell I watched this with yelled, like, hey, that wasn't the right dumpster or something. Are you like, serious? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like what they did, like point, like it's this dumpster at the beginning. Did they? Oh, yeah, did like, they? Okay, yeah. that's funny because they, they went to they fought to the back, and there was just another a dumpster. random dumpster, right. like an it's, actual dumpster, right? Yeah, not a wrestling so, dumpster. Like, I know whoever the hell I was watching this pay per view with, like, did note that, and I was <laughs> like, funny. I was like, no, they they're champions. They gave them the belts and all this, right? Like, right. But no, well, they, the dusty you, finish. Yeah, he was right. Whoever he is, yeah. Uh, and then our second to last match here had a lot of build to it all the way. If you really think about it, since the summer of 1997. Yeah. And I don't remember what the, like, it was Paul Bear just kept yelling. It's like, he's coming! He's coming, your brother! And then little by little it built until it's, that's gotta be Cape. Yeah, that's gotta be Cape. He rips off the chain at the Hell in the Cell thing Mm -hmm. where Shawn Michaels gets his ass whooped. But he survives thanks to Kane. Great ending. And then he's indestructible. Kane's, like, indestructible. Oh, he's insane for, like, all the months leading up to this. He's like Mike Myers or something. Excuse me? A baking powder? And it's just like, whatever you do to this asshole, like, he's got Undertaker power. Right. Like, like Cactus Jack couldn't beat him, Mankind, whoever, you know, yeah, no even, one like, could beat him. sent in Mankind <laughs> who had defeated the Undertaker right. to, like, sick him, like, yeah. basically, and, like, Mankind, like, even fails. Yeah. Like, it's like, what? No one can touch this guy, yeah. right? And then, of course, he set the Undertaker's casket on fire at the Royal Rumble. Right. Remember that with Paul mm-hmm. Bearer? So and th- he's, like, the master of fire. Like, yeah. this is, like, by the way... This is a hotly contested match, if you will. It's hotly contested, but by the way, like Pete, you have to remember this is like new. Yeah, like, this had never happened look before. Back at like this, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, Undertaker this tire, Kane, of yeah. course, blah blah blah." But like, no, this is like the first time people yeah. are like, "I don't know who's gonna win," because like yeah. Undertaker's like finally fighting like another supernatural <laughs> enemy, and like, it's like Superman four, <laughs> he finally has a match. Like, I, right, like, right. Uh, like it's not some like nuclear. Match. It's not like Snuka or, right. <laughs> or Giant Gonzalez right, or some right. bullshit, or even like, Diesel. Yeah, it's not somebody that's just regular. <laughs> like it's somebody that has powers. Right, and I had never had. Even Mankind didn't have powers. Right. He was just crazy. Yeah. Basically, he survived because he was just an idiot. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. like you could Undertaker beat the shit out of him, and he's like, Arr-r-r-r. and then, like, he just, like, he's just like, I'm still here, and he pins him eventually. But, even, yeah, even Mankind lost half the time right, to the Undertaker. Yeah. But this is Kane. Kane beat Mankind. Right. Kane's indestructible. Kane beat Vader at... In February, in your he house. He beat everyone. He beat everyone. He had a cape. And he beat up Pete Rose before this in one of my favorite things. Right. Because oh, yeah. Pete Rose, how about it? So <laughs> this, yeah, so this is Pete Rose version one. Yeah, like, the original. Now, this is, this the, is great. This is the initial Pete Rose heel turn where yep. he shits all over Boston. It's so Bale Buckner couldn't pick up the tickets up. Or, how about it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I left tickets for Bill Buckner, but he couldn't bend over to pick them up. Speaking of the World Series and a great tradition here in Boston with the Red Sox. The city of losers! Easy. Kings, you help. JR, when Kane comes in, and like Kane, Kane is a no respecter of persons. Yeah. Like Pete Rose is in there and Kane's like, what the fuck are you doing in here? Yeah, and actually I kind of dug that 
aspect of Kane. It's like, no, he's just kind of like this weird thing. He's not a heel. Anything that runs into him gets beat up. Right. It's not that he's a heel. And the only person he really hates is Undertaker. Right. Like, he doesn't care about much of anything else. But Pete Rose is in his ring, and he's like, who the fuck are you? It's like, go away. (laughs) Yeah. So that leads to JR's iconic call. That's Pete Rose! (laughs) That's Pete Rose! (laughs) I don't know why that's just such an easy call. It's a good celebrity appearance for (laughs) WrestleMania. It really is. Good God! No! No! That's Pete Rose! That's Pete Rose! Pete Rose just got Tombstone! But then we have the actual match, which is on the long side for these two. It's like 18 minutes, practically. And to be fair, it should have been. Because like I the build-up was so long. It was, yeah. And it's actually... All things considered, a pretty damn good match. It's okay. If I recall. Yeah, it, it's not, yeah. It is what it is. Relatively speaking, it's good, right? It's kind of like how Andre the Ho- and Hogan isn't like the best match ever, but it, it works. You know what I mean? Well like, said. That's it, what this that, works. Yeah, it just, it, it is. It just works. And uh, Undertaker beats the big guy with three tombstones mm-hmm. and beats his younger evil brother. By the way, that makes Kane look pretty fucking strong that right. it took like three zombie tombstone <laughs> things. Yeah. And like Undertaker's in full version three mode. Oh, yeah. He's Undertaker 200, as my friend called him at the time. Yeah. Because- Undertaker <laughs> guitar intro version. Right. Like the best one, in my opinion. I love that story, by the way, because LD 2000 had debuted. And then the friend I was watching this with, when Undertaker comes down with like people holding candles and he's got a cape on. Oh yeah, this is the debut of the Minions. The the Minions, or what are they? The The Druids. Druids, yeah. Undertaker 200 is what my friend called it. I was like, like, that's fucking awesome. The year 200. (laughs) Yep, (laughs) brilliant. And then the main event, Quinn, it's uh, Cold Stone, Steve Austin, challenging for the world title against DX's heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, with 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 Mike Tyson. Who had joined DX? Now he's the special outside enforcer, right? This is another WrestleMania one. This is a yeah. This is another (laughs) Muhammad Ali situation. Yeah. Now in this case, Mike Tyson was. It wasn't like he had Parkinson's and wasn't able to like do the thing. (laughs) Right? Parkinson's? No. No. Still doesn't. My point is, is why didn't they just? The only reason Ali didn't ref the match is because they realized he was sick. Right? Why didn't they just have Tyson actually ref the damn thing then? Probably because Michaels was injured, and they the two of them probably just needed to not have to worry about Tyson fucking up the match. Okay. That's a guess, but yeah, you know what I'm, I'm saying? I'm just wondering, because in this situation, they didn't need to only... Like, he was sound, of, of sound mind. You well, know as I mean? sound as Mike Tyson gets, yes. True. But Shawn Michaels, for the record, very injured here, as, as the story goes, and right. I believe it. Because I mean, Undertaker I really do. broke his back or whatever. Yeah, and when he took that bump on the casket. Now, also, Shawn comes with... um. Triple H, right? Or I, D- I believe DX so. Band and all that. Oh, they're terrible too. Oh, you hate them, don't you? They're they bad. They do the national anthem, by the way. We oh, it's horrible. Yeah. yeah, no, it's terrible. They're not good. Uh, Jim Johnston, Mr. Cool, is playing with them. By <laughs> the way, that's a really funny part. It's like <laughs> yeah. Jim Johnston, he's trying to hide. Him. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, Austin actually comes out first because right. he's the challenger, which I think is awesome. Jesse Ventura would approve. Yeah, it's correct. And th- and you can just feel like this is Austin's moment. Yeah, this is this is where we're gonna be like, okay, Austin is like the face of WF now. Yep. Like, he's going to help us fight the WCW, right? Yep. And they have a great match, uh, especially considering Michael's uh, limited ability at the point. You know, mobility, yep. I should say. And Austin, too, it's not fully recovered yet. The Broke his thing, neck like six months earlier. The one thing I will say about this, and don't, maybe it's just because I was a Sean fan or something. But yeah. Like, I felt like Austin was minimized because it was kind of like. We were waiting for the Austin era to kick off, and like he was just kind of like serving a function, and it wouldn't be till the next night on Raw where like the real like okay, yeah. this is what Austin's character as like the as head of champion. WF right. and champion and all that is going to be. I walked right back uh, past the blue curtains, and there was Vince, 
And uh, I looked at him and I said, man, I said, that match sucked. He goes, don't worry about it. It all starts fresh tomorrow. So he wins, of course, with the stunner when uh, Mike Yoda's knocked out. So Tyson comes in, makes the count. And there you have it, Quinn. New world champion. So he costs, um, he, he does like fast counter something. Slightly fast, but yeah. I don't think it's supposed to and be then, in canon. And Sean's like, why'd you do this? Yeah. I thought the three count was a little too quick. You want to win that title with a slow, deliberate count that's, you know, of the proper cadence. He hit the mat too fast three times. But he punches Michaels in the face, which is fine with me. <laughs> and it's the Austin era. And yeah. that's WrestleMania 14. Uh, it took a little while to get there, but man, that is a... Uh, Looking over this, this is a fun show, Quinn. Yeah, it's it really good. is. It's a I very like it. fun, well-rounded show. Shirts aside, shirts aside. But now there's one left. Let's all find out who drew number ten. Welcome to Star Spangled WrestleMania Seven. Superstars and stripes forever, Quinn. It's WrestleMania Seven. Wow. I love this show. Oh my god, I, I like love this, this show a lot. It's right after six, so it's the year after six, right? Yep. I think because it's not in that big coliseum like they promised, like everyone's like, this show stinks. Yeah, it's soured or something, but it's it's like you weren't even alive probably to see that. People (laughs) who say that. Like you know what I mean? Like like I was alive, I wasn't watching wrestling, but like at the same time it's like this that shouldn't disappoint me that it's not in the Coliseum. Right, the LA Coliseum. Why should I give a shit? You shouldn't. Exactly. Because the in ring action this ring is the same size. Hot and heavy. It's very hot and heavy. Now this is from the LA Sports Arena. The sweaty LA. (laughs) Does that place look sweaty? Like absolutely looks sweaty and greasy in there, right? It's all dark and sticky. Yeah. What is up with that? It's like movie City Nobody 5. Nobody talks about that. Yeah, it's like fucking Movie City 5 in there or Dump. something. March 21st, 1991, in the uh, the fallout of the Gulf War that had already ended in February, Sergeant Slaughter and all that, without getting too much into the background, like Quinn mentioned, it had been promoted for the past year to be taking place in the L.A. Coliseum. Yeah, like Fuji and the rickshaw traveling <laughs> yeah, there. The bushwhackers. And, the bushwhackers. and all that. And then it ends up in the shitty like WrestleMania 2 a portion yeah. three place and uh, you know it's amazing that um only on that day they had to move it you know and they were able to fit all hundred thousand of those fans into oh, the sports were, arena they were somehow they were jam- <laughs> maybe they were watching on closed circuit at, in the parking lot or something the rest yeah. of them <laughs> but let's get to the card here we open uh if i recall correctly quinn willie nelson's got a bunch of wwf gear on and these things america the beautiful now, i appreciate that he wears the <laughs> foam like belt but he's also wearing the shitty WF one and not the Intercontinental. Yeah, I know. One. Why does no one ever talk about this? How that the foam WWF championship is it looks, all it's fucked not the up. winged it doesn't eagle. Look like anything, it doesn't even look like the Hogan eighty six belt. It, I've I don't never know even, what I don't it even is. Know what that belt? Why is. did it make it look like that? I look like that. Why did they do that? And and he's wearing it, and it's he's such a shill. Does he have it like a WF teddy bear with him too? He may, but he does a nice <laughs> rendition of America the Beautiful. Yeah, he, that's it's okay. I I, I like. His rendition. Yeah. Now, there was a dark match. I didn't see it, so I can't comment, but Coco Beware defeated the Brooklyn Brawler. Wow, talk about jobbers. <laughs> yeah, really, right? <laughs> jobber versus jobber match. <laughs> but to open the show proper, it's Gorilla Monsoon, and uh, Jim Duggan comes out, dresses Uncle Sam for some reason. Now, I never got this. Is this only strictly because, like, Bobby had to, like, go to the ring or something? In the opening match, Bobby's managing, and, yeah. And Duggan's outfit, what is that about? He's Uncle Sam. He looks like a damn idiot. He's an American. And I love 
hacks on I know. Right? Now, he's actually really good He's not good a bad commentator at Don't all. Don't we always remark on we this? We always like, do, yeah. Why is he good? He just is, right? <laughs> he's actually really good. Yeah. Uh, now, the opening match is actually great. It's the Rockers, who are at the height of like being really good as a tag team in 91, yeah. taking on Bobby's Charges, the Barbarian, and Haku. Now, it's actually stunning that they're not facing bad company for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, right? <laughs> they always fight them at this point. They always did. Uh, this is a great match, though, Quinn. Mm-hmm. It really is a little underrated opener here for it- WrestleMania. Feels, the only thing I'll say this is it feels a little long, even though it's only 10, 10 minutes. minutes. I remember the, thinking that. The heel portion where the heels are in control. Yeah, maybe. it's just a little long. Some good spots, though. Yeah. Barbarian, I remember double clotheslining both of them after a kip yeah, up. It, Some really good stuff. It's, it's basically, like you said, it's height of the work of the Rockers. It is. Where they're just good workers. And Barbarian and, and Haku are underrated. They, they, yeah, they hold their own. I mean, we would know in the future. Oh, that, yeah. Uh, the powers of pain here or whatever they... Faces oh, of fear. Faces of fear. What did they change their name to? They didn't... The, the Faces the of Meng. Fear. Meng, yeah, when they Meng, Meng and Barbarian. When they beat the shit out of Harlem Heat yes. all that stuff. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. We knew they were going to become a good team. But. Yes. But this is a great little opener. I have nothing wrong with this. Rockers right. win clean. Very nicely done. Next match is a throwaway because this is the era. This is actually the last WrestleMania for a long time uh, where there's a ton of matches and some of them are really short. There's like 15 if you include the dark yeah. match. It's insane. And a lot of them are short. And this one is, it's Texas Tornado Carry Von Eric taking on your favorite version of Dino Bravo, Quinn. Can yeah, you explain? Like chipmunk face or whatever. <laughs> I don't like. I don't know what is wrong with his head. And his, like, head, it, his hair is weird, too. Yeah, I don't even... Why does he even still work here in 1990? He's like, we're way past like the Dino Bravo expiration date at this point. Yeah, you're right. 1990 but, should have been his cutoff enough already. I mean, he he had his Canadian glory. Uh, yeah. Like, he didn't need to be here anymore. He's there for like another year. He He's there. He needs to go do his cigarette business and <laughs> leave. Like, seriously. Uh, Bobby Heenan joins for commentary here for the entire rest of the show, except for one match. Right. Uh, Tornado wins with the punch, you know, the usual shit. Mm-hmm. Now we have an underrated little nifty yes, match here, this Quinn. Is a great little match. The British Bulldog, who had recently returned about six months earlier, he's got a Winston with him now. Mm-hmm. Not Matilda. Winston. <laughs> That's shitty, by the way. <laughs> Why didn't they just say it was Matilda? Like, they, no, nobody can tell the difference. I know, anyway. right? Like, just say it's Matilda. What's the issue? I don't know. Taking on the Warlord, this is the Wizard Wand edition with Slick. Yup, he's got magic or oh, something. Oh, Davy Boy! Yeah. That whole thing. Oh, Davy Boy! Remember, it's a doggy dog world, so you be prepared. You're about to be devoured. Now, the Bulldog and Warlord have a really good match. It's very and I'm not stunning. Lying. I would say it's about three stars, which is yes, very high rated for these people. <laughs> it's really good. And yeah. Bulldog wins, and it's fine. It's like a nice, like the face makes the comeback. Yes, it works. It's like, good. It's, it's, it's good. It, it's one of the more like underrated WrestleMania matches. Yeah, and that and like Tito Santana and Barbarian, like love shit it. like that. Yep. Like, yeah. See, it's in that vein. Yeah. The next match is for the tag titles. It's the challengers, the Nasty Boys, who are also rather new at this point, mm-hmm. taking on the. Stalwarts, the Hart Foundation, in their final high-profile tag team match together. Right. Now, this is a, a pretty good match, and I, it is. Li- I like the whole ending with the Jimmy Hart um, helmet thing. Yeah, because um, you would think it'd be the megaphone. So, this, to me, when I first saw this, was pretty surprising. Like when I first oh, yeah. on tape, when, when I saw I the tape, saw, yep. yeah, I was like, "What the? F- why? Yep. Like, These jokers beat the Hart Foundation. They were like, they look like idiots, <laughs> like the nasty boys. Like you're like, look at these idiots and yeah, the stupid right. shirts that say their name on them. Like they look like idiots. Yeah, they do. Like, and they so, won. Yeah, they beat the Hart Foundation. And obviously, looking back, this is a vehicle so Bret Hart can just fucking leave and be a singles wrestler. Yes, and 
But it was about time they anyway. They needed to drop these belts. Yes, and this is also the match, I believe, where Gorilla Monsoon sees Macaulay Culkin in the crowd, but doesn't realize it, and he's just like, oh, look at that youngster! <laughs> that youngster is certainly enthroned here! Gina, that's the kid from Home Alone. He doesn't want to be home alone with the Nasty Boys, I'll tell you that! You know, Tag- now that Macaulay Culkin works on the internet more, we should, like, ask him about that. Okay, we should talk to him about yeah. it then. Let's get Macaulay, folks. Get us Macaulay. Macaulay Culkin on our vantage point. Thank you very much. Uh, the next match gets a lot of shit. I actually liked it. I don't care. Roberts I, versus Martel. I hate this match a lot. I'll tell you why I like it. Because what? I don't look at it as a wrestling match. I just look at it as a comedy skit. And if you do that, you're not disappointed. It's funny. Martel's well, great. Why is it portrayed as a match then? Like, Because it's a wrestling show? I, I just don't get why... I don't know. Why didn't they just say this was like in the back or it's something? It's just something like, different. I mean, people get all up in arms. Look, it's not a good wrestling match, okay? nothing happens and then Jake That's the, the point. It's all like, psychology and it's Martell playing to the crowd by being a heel. He's well, missing chin. very goofy. He's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's If you don't take it seriously, it's fun, maybe. If you do take your wrestling matches seriously, then skip it, okay? But anyway, this now, is because... important question, though, yeah, about this yeah. match. Yeah. They could definitely see through those hoods, right? Absolutely. Like, like, and they were just for, like, making it look... Yeah. 100%. I never yeah. really asked you about it, but I always just assumed... <laughs> yeah, they could, yeah. This is where Jake was blinded, so he had the contact and all that, and the doctor's like, next week, Jake, not until next it's week. It's also the same doctor from when Hogan had the tape ribs, I think. Oh, that quack? And also the same doctor that said Jimmy Snuka with the recovery or whatever. <laughs> But you mean Ricky throat. Steamboat? Ricky Steamboat. Why do you yeah. always confuse them? Uh, well, you do that a lot. I do. <laughs> yeah, you you call a Steamboat Snuka a real lot. Whoops. I don't know why it's funny. Anyway, it's that same fucking it's the guy. Same guy. Anyway, uh, this was fun. Roberts won. Whatever. Undertaker makes his big uh, WrestleMania debut here, defeating crappy Jimmy Snuka. Now this match holds more importance later on in the Undertaker <laughs> yeah. canon because they would always be, they would always bring this up. They're like, oh, this is where the streak started. Yeah. Like, I guess it's a notable thing. I mean, it's it's a second. Match, yeah, but, but like Stuka hadn't done anything since coming back in 89. I mean, I've watched a lot of the 90 superstars. I've told you this before. He is like, they hype the fuck out of him for like a year well, on that show. Because he beats Buck Zoom off and all those people. For but in, they act minute. like he's like hot shit. He's for, not. For like all of 1990. He lost to Rick Rude the year before. Like he's not on a winning yeah, streak. I'm, no, I'm just saying. It's like 1990. He was very hyped. So it makes sense that they would feed him to Undertaker. True. Here, you know? There's also some foreshadowing here for the crowd wanting to uh, accept the Undertaker because he gets cheered a lot in this match. Right. His music gets a big pop. But it he, wouldn't be till much later in the year. Yeah, about a year later, yeah, actually, yeah. when he really turns face. And then, of course, we have maybe the, uh, the one crowning of the, achievement of the show. So I say this is one of the best matches in WrestleMania history, period. All things considered, right? Total it package. Is so fucking good. For all the crap some people can give the Ultimate Warrior, and some of it rightly so, I will tell you this, folks. He brought it the year before at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. He brought it the year before that at both WrestleMania 5 and SummerSlam 89. Yeah. He brings it here. He brought it the next year at SummerSlam 92. Big match Warriors in full effect here. <laughs> and it certainly doesn't hurt that he has one of the greatest big match guys of all time to work with, Randy Savage. So just to set the stage, the Macho Man for like a whole year, basically, since he like beat the fuck out of Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> yeah, since he, SummerSlam. He's been like, give me a fucking title <laughs> right, shot, right. asshole. I beat Dusty Rhodes. I've like, been du- the champion he's before. He's Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> yeah. I beat him. Like, he stinks now. I'm better. I should be the number one contender. Hulk Hogan's not even here. He's like <laughs> futzing around with Earthquake. Give me a damn shot, right? But Warrior's like, no! For no reason. I know, what the like, fuck? If he's so damn good, why doesn't he just give him a fucking title shot? And then Savage has to resort to like, I don't know, like getting Sherry to seduce him, and that doesn't work. Ugh. 
Remember, she like yeah. takes the makeup off and looks yeah, regular. Yeah, she gets on her knees and, and all that. Yeah, and... The whole yeah, that whole thing. Randy Savage is like, you know what? If this asshole <laughs> won't give me a title shot. I'll just cost him a title <laughs> yeah. and I'll beat the asshole that beats him. Yeah. Like, basically, like, remember, like, Slaughter even says yeah. right before he's like, I'll I've... give you a title shot. Exactly. Yeah. So Savage has negotiated <laughs> his way. Like, he's like, you know what? He, he doesn't want to do business. Fuck him. Right. Like, I'll just help Sergeant Slaughter. So he helps Sergeant Slaughter. Sergeant Slaughter wins the Falls belt. Falls on Warrior with the light. You yeah, know, the whole the thing. Whole thing. <laughs> we love it. Finally, Savage is, and, and finally, Ultimate Warrior, for that matter, is like, oh, why didn't I even fight him? I should just fight him. And then. <laughs> yeah, they, now he fights him. <laughs> but basically, they add the stipulation. It's like, I I hate you so much because you cost me the title. Right. Savage is like, well, I fucking hate you too. So how about this? Whoever wins goes on and whoever loses is, gets the fuck out of here because we cannot like coexist in WF. Like, yep. we, we cannot be in the same federation. So we have a retirement match. Right, yeah. And before the match starts, Elizabeth is shown in the crowd. Right. Now, Elizabeth, here's more story. Yep. If you remember last year, Russell Mason, the crown jewel. And then the year before that, like, she's like, I'm going to manage everyone because I'm a <laughs> gold digger or something. Like, so Savage is like, I don't like her. Like, <laughs> yeah, she's, fuck her. She, I don't need her sucks, shit anymore. Right? But in the, you know, a little part of him's like, you know, she's Elizabeth. She, yeah, Elizabeth, right? <laughs> and and Elizabeth is like, oh, Randy, like forever. So, yeah, of course, eternally like, Randy. And, and, Gorilla's like, oh, this is an important moment in the history of Randy Savage. She should be here. Bobby's like making shit up about hey, director. Like, she's over there yeah. <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. Anywho, so, get front row. so Savage comes out with sensational Sherry on the, the whole, the big fucking the sedan entrance, or whatever the sedan with yep. the jobbers holding him yep, up. Yep. He's like, I'm going to beat you. You know, ultimate warrior walks, walks out. Cause this is fucking important. The yep. career's on the line, right? They have this match. It's fucking wonderful. Back Savage hits fucking five elbow drops on ultimate Warrior, And he still kicks out, but then the warrior hits, a splash and Savage kicks out. And Warrior's like, oh my warrior people in the air or something. Yeah. Like they're like not saying that I should win. <laughs> and then Hebner's like, what are you doing? Dave like, Hebner for the record. Yeah, he's like, don't leave. And, it, and his makeup's all off at this point. And, and Savage, because he's a dick, goes for a double axe handle. And then Warrior's you know, he gets the advantage. They say, like, no, I don't. Yep. And then he throws him in the ring. He does like, oh, a, now it's time. <laughs> he does like a half-assed move. And Bobby starts going on about like, oh, this he's is going to be a big match. He's and then in the middle of a sentence. One, two, three, and Savage is out. Whoever stays, stays. Whoever leaves, leaves. But the call of this man. Look at this. It's over. Oh, my God, no. Shocking. Right. Savage loses, right? Warrior calmly leaves, just Warrior, gets out of he there. He takes his duster and gets the fuck... <laughs> By the way, the duster was cool this time. because it Good had duster. The, like, it said, like, this means more than this, and it had the WF yep. belt on there. And, and in this show, it actually did mean more than so that. So now, Savage is, like, out, right? He's fucked up, because yep. this match was, like, insane, right? Right. Sherry takes the beads off. And you're like, what the hell's going on oh, here? Oh, her bead skirt. Yeah. yeah. And she beats the absolute shit out of Randy Savage. And then Miss Elizabeth's like, oh, Randy! And yep. she, like, runs down. Tosses Elizabeth. Beats the shit I mean, out of Sherry. Yeah. And then Miss Elizabeth is like, oh, are you okay? And then, like, Savage's like, ooh, like, he, like, almost beats her up. And then he realizes what happened. And then Lady in the Blue Dress is crying and, and hat and all this shit. And <laughs> Rain then they, hat. they fucking hug. Maybe their shoes are too tight. The, the music hits. Da, 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 da. Gorilla does a phenomenal job to like, oh, the whole thing. farewell to Randy Savage! What a woman! What a man! You know, and Bobby... He holds her up like WrestleMania 4. Holds the ropes open for her. It's the whole... The holding the, the rope... farewell. Okay, the holding the rope and the pop yeah, after that is one of my that. fucking favorite I things ever. Because all of a sudden, Randy Savage, 
who's been like this pussy, like kind of like this just asshole. Like for, right? for since like, he came in, he claims to be a macho man, but he's really not. But now, now he is a macho yeah. man. Elizabeth's got her man, and now Elizabeth and Savage are on like equal footing. It's great. And, like all these years of build up since 1985. Yep, it comes to a head here, and, and it's the greatest moment ever. It's so good. Savage and Warrior both walk out of this match looking great. Right, fantastic. Macho man! I don't have to add anything to this. I can go well, on forever to you about this match. Well said, Quinn. Uh, one of the best WrestleMania angles and matches of all time. Tenaru and Katow took on, <laughs> <laughs> took on fake demolition with the shitty music. Yeah. Now, mind you, hasn't Regis been involved yet? Okay. I guess we should quickly mention the celebrities. I, I don't want to... This isn't the WrestleMania 7 review, folks. Right, okay. Yeah, we have we, that we coming. Need to, we need to address it because I think it goes into the ranking. Great or, celebrity lineup here. We have Alex Trebek. We have yeah. Regis and... Marlon Naples doesn't do anything, yeah. but Alex Trebek and Regis are both great at Regis, this. Regis, one of the greatest celebrities of all time at yeah. WrestleMania. I will always say that. He um, really is. Regis for Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. We'll see if that ever happens. Yep. Now, during the Tenaru and Katow, who were coming in from SWS as this part of the co-promotion with Tenaru. This shit is terrible. Demolition crush and smash here. Get their asses kicked in three minutes. One thing. Four minutes. Demolition loses, basically. So on Jap opponent. And uh, this whole match is really notable for Bobby and Gorilla making a lot of jokes the whole time. Like yeah. <laughs> Fred Katow and Hand Towel and all this all stuff. All that stuff. So that's the point of this match. It's a cool down if there ever were one. What's his name? Hand Towel? Katow. Katow. Oh, yeah. He's making a tag to Tenru. I think he should throw in the towel. What towel? The towel. Katow is the guy's name. Hey, same to you. You'd have trouble if his name was Fred. His name's Fred Catal? No. Uh, and then we got Boss Man challenging Mr. Perfect. This match is disappointing, I feel. I feel like Boss Man works circles around Perfect here. Like, Perfect didn't bring his usual A-game. Uh, Perfect was selling pretty good. I just Selling felt, well, yeah. I but... just felt after this whole your mama's fat shit, <laughs> like, it... Why is Bossman losing, like, or not winning the title for that matter? He, he wins, but he wins he by DQ, right? It's so stupid. Was yeah. he supposed to win it at SummerSlam or something? I have no idea. Like, why did this happen? I don't know. But uh, Andre comes out and helps him. He's like, "Hi, yeah." Remember that? And with he's the, like, "I coaches. help you get the yeah. whistle out here." Yeah, and uh, it's not good. Honestly, I guess it's, it's okay. Call back to six or something. Yeah. Uh, Earthquake, I forgot about this. Earthquake defeated Greg Valentine in like three minutes. That happens. Valentine, by the way, is a face now in this match. Remember, he had turned on Jimmy Hart or vice versa. Yeah. Next up, uh, Legion of Doom, though, they says they're going to make him sour and gory. And they do. Yeah. (laughs) And that's that's it. In like two minutes. Holy shit, is that quick? Uh, Not even two minutes. A minute. 59 seconds, according to Wikipedia.com. And then uh, Virgil. Defeats DiBiase by countout. This, this is this the is the prequel. This is okay. So this is like the next big thing on the show, right? And this is um, Piper with the crutches. And this it, is Piper on, with Virg! the crutches. Yeah, that. So obviously, we had talked about when Virgil turned on a uh, DiBiase. Finally, you yeah. know, um, when we did our Virgil segment Massaging a few episodes the back, feet and all this, all of that, right? Yeah. So we're having a match here. And uh, what happens is Roddy Piper's annoying as hell on the outside with his right. crutches. But this is where Quinn. Sherry Martell now comes out to align herself with Ted DiBiase. I love this so much. So Sherry, who's turned on Macho Man, right? Like you said. Yep. She comes out in the red dress and you're like, what the fuck is she doing here? And then Gorilla's like, oh, apparently. 
secretly Sherry's with the Macho Man. New meal ticket. Yeah, she new lost meal her ticket. meal ticket. You know, like this and that. He loves that phrase. So Sherry's now with the, with the Ted DiBiase here, right? Ted meal ticket. Right. New meal ticket. Ted now, DiBiase. Now this, I have to say. Yes. As much as like DiBiase wasn't as big during this, I guess, even though he had like one of the biggest feuds on the card for yeah. the whole year. Yeah. Um, I love and I for will forever love I love the pairing of Ted DiBiase and Sensational Sherry. I think it's like one of the most awesome like good. pairings. I liked Savage better with her, but it's still good. I th- I think this one is very underrated, is all I'm gonna say. Maybe. Like I really think it's good. Maybe. This was all to set up the eventual rematch at SummerSlam ninety one, so yeah. it served its purpose. If you blink, you'll miss the Mountie beating Tito Santana in like a minute. I don't even with the shock stick. I barely remember that. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It's there for you to not remember. It's <laughs> yeah. there to just pass a little bit more time and get the crowd ready for the main event, which is actually a damn fine main event. It's the champion Sergeant Slaughter with General Adnan defending against the Hulker, of course, Hulk Hogan. And Regis on commentary, don't forget. And he does a very commendable job uh, <laughs> Again, as a color best, commentator. One of the best celebrities. <laughs> and Alex Trebek honestly does a very good job as a ring announcer here. Right. Yeah, he's good. He is. This match, angle aside with the whole Iraqi thing, this I, is a good match. Okay, maybe it's a controversial opinion. I think this is a good angle. I, I think eh. I, I like that Hulk Hogan defending America thing. I guess. Because that, that's like part of Hulk Hogan. His I know. song is I Am A Real American. Yeah, it like, is, you're right. But there's a little bit of xenophobia here, you know, which and that's it's such an easy crutch. Yeah. But it's fine. And overall, though, as a match... It is good. This is yeah. a good match. Hogan blades. Yeah. Back and forth. 20 minute action. It's I, great. I guess you, the only thing you, I guess you can say is it was hampered by the fact the Iraq war was basically over. By that kind of deflated it. Didn't yeah. it? That it was yeah. over for like a month at he, this he, point. I guess Slaughter was getting revenge for Saddam or something. Yeah. Like that that's was, what they that tried to say. Motivation. There's no real heat. He did have the pointy boots, did he? Yeah. But, did well, he have it in this actually? Or no, did he get rid of them by I this point? I can't remember if he yeah. had them here, but. But this shit would go on like Sergeant Slaughter lost right and like at, right after the fucking match and they show it on Superstars like yeah whatever like he beat the shit out of yep. Hogan and this feud goes on until SummerSlam unfortunately uh, but overall good main event this is before Hogan always winning the title was played out this is only the third time and it had been two years since he won it at a WrestleMania so th- it's th- it's to good to be honest with you this is like the last good Hogan title victory in my opinion in WF at least oh yeah. Like this oh, is yeah, like definitely. this is like it felt deserved. It did, and it's a great match. And I Hulk, really mean that. And Hulk, it's not like Hulk wasn't around for the last year. He was fighting earthquake and shit. Uh-huh. Like you know, like he was around. It was like okay, like Hulk like fought through a tough year. Back and, in the know, title picture now. Back in the title picture gets the belt back and perfect. Fine. Send the fans home happy. Good yeah. stuff. So that's WrestleMania seven. Okay. Woo! All right. Well, it is the that, finale. Yeah, this is a lot. Of, it is important. Are two important manias. Yes. So let's run them down real quick one last time before we rank. Number one, WrestleMania 17. Number two, WrestleMania 3, followed by WrestleMania 6. Then WrestleMania 30 in the number four spot. WrestleMania 10 is number five. WrestleMania 20 at number six. Number seven is WrestleMania 8. And number eight is WrestleMania 18. It's tough, man. Quinn, we're going to start 14. Uh, let's, let's just, just do 18, right? I mean, I mean, it's better than 18. It's I think. definitely better than 18. Now, the one thing that 18 has, as we've always said, the one real, real thing that it has that's historically significant is uh, Rock versus Hogan. It's right. a big deal. Correct. Now, but there's other good matches on 18. Here's the thing about 14 compared to it, though. 14 is like the entry point of the Attitude Era. It, it holds a special place. Yeah. It's the beginning of something. It's And a lot of it is historically significant right. just because of the the card itself up and down is, the card there's yeah. like significant shit 
I mean, because like you were saying, it's the end of the new generation era. So you have guys like Triple H who were part of it, but now he's in the Attitude Era form. You got the Undertaker, and Steve Austin, and Undertaker, and even Mankind now is in Cactus Jack form, and the Undertaker. Yeah, all that stuff. Uh, I'll put it the butt and I'll, and Rocky Maivia, another one who yeah. was a you know new well, generation guy, and Ken Shamrock to an extent. Yeah, was a little dickier, you know, in <laughs> the <laughs> Attitude Era. I'll put it above eighteen because I think it's top to bottom a more compact and better show. Correct. Now, WrestleMania 8, though, is one of... It, again, I'm trying to take personal bias out of this, but WrestleMania 8's fucking fantastic. It's very good. It, Here, it's not a, as significant it's as It's not 14. as significant, and that's going to be the problem, right? I think that's what always hampers 8. Is 8 is a solid performance. It's got two really good matches. And it's in, like, the renaissance of, like, creativity for WF. Even though no one acknowledged that at the time. However, yeah. it doesn't really lead to anything. In the end. I guess not, Quinn. Um, Unfortunately. Well, let's just look at their highest of highs here. WrestleMania 8 has two matches that are arguably maybe one isn't better than the other. And I'm talking about Brett Piper is really good. And Savage Flair is really good. got the match quality. I'm not denying that. Right. Uh, Is anything on 14 better than... No. Okay, so match-wise, 8 has the edge. But 14 is like a cultural touchstone for wrestling. (laughs) I don't know. Austin winning the title is just... Yeah, it has that. It, how do you like... And Undertaker versus Kane. And the mixed tag is really fun. Oh, yeah. You know, we forget that. I know that people look back on, like, how they treated the ladies back then as kind of stupid or whatever. And, they like, made them important, though. They made they, them... They were stars. They were still stars, right? Yeah. Like, Sable was a big star for the company after that. Huge. The Rock. The Rock yeah. has this great match with, with Ken Shamrock. Yeah, and a funny little promo. And don't forget the whole New Age Outlaws thing. Right, and they would join DX the next night. A lot of there were a lot of implications because of this WrestleMania. True, you know what I mean. Like Triple H now led DX because Sean lost here. <sighs> yeah. But sh- but this this show had it been a stinker, uh, we all know what happened at Starcade '97. Quinn, yeah, that's a good point. Look, he admitted it finally. Yeah. We all know what happened yeah. when you build up a show. You know, and this is their Starcade, right? It Vice is. versa, it right? Is. You build up a really big show, and if it doesn't pay off, there's a deflation. Maybe not immediate, but there is a general deflation. Let's put it this way: there's a consequence. Yeah, if, and it, if this didn't work. But what happened is people couldn't wait to watch Raw the next night. Yeah, and find out what the fuck was going to happen, and then the following week, and then 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 they beat WCW the following right. week after that. I say it's better than. Uh, I mean, it has to be as a standalone show. Though, take all the implications now out of it. Which one is a better show? Well, that's the other thing about 14. I think, think it's it, a really entertaining show it, it on is. top of it. It's like, it's okay. an easy watch. I love the fuck out of it, like, though. It's, I know you do, but it's also... It's, it's got that classic feel to it, do not it? In a weird way with 14. Yeah. It's got that six quality where you can kind of just turn it on yeah. and just be like... I, I mean, when we re, we don't rewatch it enough, I think. Honestly. Well... I look back at, at um 14 and I'm like... It's I'm surprised good. how easy it is to it just kind of really go through is. it. Like it's just like, oh, this just it doesn't have like a million matches on it. It's no. not super long. No. It's fine. Like it, it's perfectly good okay. And like not and I'm not saying that in like a bad way. I'm yeah, saying just, that in like the I just want to add the like rewatchable quality onto it. I won't argue that. I will say, although the commentary at eight is funnier and more memorable and, and overall better because of that, 
14 is the height of JR and King. Like oh, that yeah. era, 98 is when they were at their best. They're at their peak. And it's before either of them were parodies of themselves. It's before puppies and all yeah. that shit. You know what I mean? Also, celebrity wise, 14 is better than 8. Oh. <laughs> Just a survey. Yeah. yeah survey and, and uh, Aretha. That's all there is at 8, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it pains me to do it. And I know some people are going to, you know, disagree, but. I think I have to agree with you. 14 is a better overall show and was more important. Yeah, it's true. I think it's better than 20 also, Quinn, as much as I think 20 is good. I think it's actually... an excellent WrestleMania. Yeah, um, uh, I think less, it, Here's the thing that about 20 is less implications. Even though it should have had more implications. Yeah. I, I feel like Ben... Or, you know, him. Ben Mont. Ben, ben Mont. <laughs> ben whatever, whatever his name is. Yes. Um, him winning the title should have had some big, like, transformative implications. But it didn't. But it didn't. Nothing really did there. It, it basically Cena. reverted back to, you know, triple horse. Um, <laughs> As most things do. Now, Cena, though, emerging, Cena. I guess that's a big thing for 20, but I don't know. It's like he really, his mania was the next one when he beat it was. Uh, Jubble or whatever. Yeah, he beat Jubble. I think 14 is just a better show. I mean, 20 got above 8 because of reasons, but I really think 14 is better than no, 20. No, I think 20 is better than 8. I know you because do. Because it, it has to... It, I let the, you have the, that, but... We, we, the thing is, is that when we went through 21 by 1, yeah. it just was better. But again, I think the historical significance of 14 is just... It's really carrying it right now, right? It's yes. like really like blowing things out of war. And that's why hitting 10 now... Does it beat 10? They're like the same version of their era, right? Like 10, 10, really 4. kicking off, a, they're blasting off a new generation, if well, you will. Well, honestly, Quinn, these 10 pole WrestleManias for me, just to break the ranking for a second here, three is really like the 10 pole of a golden era. Right. Six is the 10 pole of like that kind of post golden era. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. but still really good. 10 for the new gen. Right. And a 14, 14 for the attitude and 17, 17 for the end of it. Yeah. And that's where I feel like 14 and 10 are very similar in a. Not content, obviously. I'm going to say this. I think just based off the mm-hmm. era that they kicked go. off. Here we go. The thing with 10, though, that you have to remember is like all this shit happened, right? Yeah. But ultimately, it's it's dumpy. Yeah, but like, Quinn, I could use that against you on 17 because that kicked off like their decline. 17 yeah, kicked that, off the decline. The thing about 17, WCW is at it. 17 is the end temple. Yeah, so? Six is like the end tent pole so? for the three era. But so what? Ten is supposed to be this big starting, the blast off of I the know. new generation, and we know what that became. Yeah, champion Shawn Michaels was well, at the height of the new okay. generation. You're right. And now just talking from a show perspective, right? Ten is a show that has shit like I'm, fucking mom on it and like doink. Quinn, like, and like, LOD 2000 is on 14. Let's not get carried away here. Yeah, but that was exciting. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up! <laughs> No, to be fair, it was. Well, they both have mixed tags. It's there's a lot of shit. Luna's in the mixed tag on both, actually. <laughs> Lonnie Kai versus um, uh, Laundra Blaze. Agula versus Taka Michinoku. Okay. The IC know. title match is better on ten. The IC title match. <laughs> Sham- yeah. Shamrock oh, Rocker no, that, that or pretty, Michael's I have Razor. To say that it, yeah, it definitely is better. But Owen Hart's match is better on ten. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, historical significance. Both. But I think probably 14. 14, probably a little bit better, right? They both have some, but definitely 14. (sighs) Overall, top to bottom show, it's probably 14. It has to be because of just... It probably just is. It's the sum of its parts versus 10. It's like these two big good matches. It's like they're kind of propping up this like kind of shit storm. I I agree. I I love 10. I watched it when I was really young, though, so I have some fondness for it. 14, in in hindsight, is a better show. It seems to like... 
here's the thing. It seems to get you to a certain point when, like, the whole show, not good matches, but, like, when it, it just kind of works itself out or whatever. Yes. Like, that gets you only so far. Like, yeah. so far, like, <laughs> right. six is, like, the, is the, the most somebody on, was yeah. propelled to that point, right? I can put 14 above 10, Quinn. Yeah. Now, 30. I could put it above 30 also, I think. 30 is an interesting case, though, would you say? Because, like, 30 Maybe. is, like, that's also a sum of its parts thing. It is. Um, it kicked off. Now we're in some like crap. The, I think this is where fourteen is going to settle in. Where does it rank amongst the six and the thirty? I think it's above thirty and, and below six. So it's dead center. I think like, so. It's dead center. I think so, Quinn. Yeah. I, I think thirty still needs more time in the oven to really get more perspective True. on it. Thirty is f- one of those that like you could go. I always say this. You could go. We could do this in ten years and be like, yeah, thirty is like a number two yeah. show maybe or something or like, it could yeah. slide also yeah. you know what i mean we don't exactly. know but i think 14 it's been long enough now it's been 21 years it really is good and not in this overblown like wrestlemania 15 attitude era style way 14 is not like 15 their tone and their aesthetic was not like 15 feels cheap 15 yeah. feels jerry springer 15 feels, wrestlemania well 15 feels like harvest right it's like oh everything is so good now yeah. let's just let's just reap the rewards yeah right? but all the crops were rotten by that point you know it's just it's just like they weren't too rotten yet but they were like they were heading towards they were getting right. stale let's put it that way but there's just something palpable about 14 i love 14 right i can put it above 30 i can put it yeah i can put it above 30 i don't know if i can put it above six. <laughs> i know we keep letting have a six have its day in the sun here uh-huh. oh man six is just a very what six has folks in case you're wondering maybe you haven't been listening the whole season here Six is on there because it's just overall this fun, charming, easy to watch show. We know that there's not like one really, really good match. Although Warrior Hogan's good, the mixed okay. tag, the mixed yeah. tag is fun, but the one at fourteen is fun too. Yeah, in a in a matchup against two WrestleManias that again some other parts and six is the peak some other parts versus I think fourteen's a serious contender to some of its parts. Here's the thing. Yeah. We talk about historical significance. That's that's really kind of been 14's thing, right? Yes. Could 14 slightly be better than 6 because it led to a lot more than 6 did? Because the Ultimate Warrior thing was ultimately a, a fart. It just didn't yeah, work. it was a like, fart. Oh, fudge. Yeah. Uh, I love 6. I love 6, too. 6 is good. Got a problem with 6? How about 6? 6 is good. You got a problem with sex? Um, now we we keep forgetting, like silently though, like fourteen is really easy to watch. Just like it six. is, like it's like silent but deadly. You could turn that show on, so and it's just a fart? Get, like lulled in, uh, like you're just like, uh, uh, uh. I can't do it. Six has to stay ahead. Quinn. Six Fine. has this intangible charm. I'm telling you, six is the definition of an early WrestleMania for me. That and yeah. three, like if you want a classic. WrestleMania, you just throw it on. That's what it it's is. It's got that nostalgia. It just armor. does. I can't. I can't get rid of it. I'm sorry. I've been doing my best, but I cannot put 14 above it. Okay, fine. So I think 14 settles into number now, four. Now seven. I'm taking seven all the way up, man. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say seven is above 30. All right, dude. Let's do. Okay. Yeah, so it's like it's rapid se- fire, real quick. Ready? Yeah. Is seven better than 18? Yes. Is it better than eight? Yes. I agree. Is it better than 20? Yes. Is it better than 10? Yes. Better than 30. Hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it is. And 30 is really good. I know. Th- Remember how, like, not weak that card is? Like, it's, yeah. like, surprisingly strong all the way through. So why don't we have it fight out with 14, then, real okay. quick, okay? 7 is a totally different show than 14, because 14 is big marquee matchups, and there's only, like, 8 of them. Right. 7 
<laughs> Seven, here's all this shit. Enjoy. Ton of shit. Tons of celebrity stuff and backstage backstage skits. It's longer. But commentary really carries it. Commentary carries it. However, Savage Warrior is like right in the middle of the show and really crescendos there. Yeah. You got a great main event, and I mean that. The match is really good. You got the tag title earlier in the show, which is really good. Bulldog versus Warlord is even yeah. good. All these little bits. The opener is really good. I will say this about Savage vs. Warrior. It is on, like its placement on the card is a literal tent pole. Yes. Where it's like in the center, the tents being held uh-huh. up in the center by it. Like it's Absolutely. Like, it's the it center. Literally piece. like how it's you know those like those triangle tents? Yeah. Like, this show goes up to the actual tent pole yep. in the middle and then crescendos down yep. into like Hogan. It, which in the Hogan thing is a great ending. And all the crap here is really short. Yes, that's all the other thing. The crap they don't is short. fuck around with the crap. So even if you hear, oh, Mountie Santana, it's like a minute. Here's with six. There is a big piece of crap called Jake the Snake versus Ted DiBiase, and that thing goes way too long. Yeah, I and mean, it sucks. With seven, though, some people might not like the blindfold match. True. Fair enough. You know? um, so I, I get that. I happen to like it. Now, the it. blindfold match, though, it's not that long, is it? I don't know. It's They probably gave the whole thing eight or ten. Yeah. I would think, right? So, listen, I think that... I is think seven, seven is better than six. I think it's better than 14. I, I want to start better, there. I think it's better than 14. I really so. do. I th- Look, it's not historically significant. No. That's the only strike against it. Are we being too nostalgic goggles for this, though? Maybe. Maybe, maybe we should... You consider- could argue that we are be for 14, though, too. I mean, well, 14 made it really fucking high. It's good. Like So is seven. Seven's good. Seven. I'm not, that's not nostalgia. Let's run through it. Really good commentary and a hot crowd the entire show. Mm-hmm. That's not disputable, right? Like the the crowd's really good Here's and the, the commentary's thing. good. Let me let me hang on, hang on. The opener is really really hot. Okay, the tag match. Okay, the uh, tag team match is really good. Honestly, mm-hmm. the Hearts versus the Nasties. Savage Warrior is really good. Mm-hmm. Bulldog Warlord is really good. Yeah. The main event is really good. Every single celebrity appearance is good. Fuck Fonzie, by the way. Yeah, but other than that, every celebrity <laughs> appearance true. is good. There's nothing. That sticks out, except maybe if you don't like the blindfold match, because all the crap is short. It's just like a really good show. It's like six, but better. But, yeah. Okay. 14, first of all. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Austin. Austin, yeah. Austin, Austin, Austin. Austin, Austin, Austin. Dumpster match is super fun. It's fun. Yes. The wild man, Mark Marrow, and. Tag match and is very good, yes. Ta- that's excellent. It is. It really is. I, agree. I love. I love the Triple H thing just because of all that Sergeant Slaughter business. Yeah, it's I don't like that. Funny. It's, it's good, like, but I don't like it. I think actually, I think that's like era defining, like the way that plays out. It you may really, be right. Yeah, you may be right. That, that is very good. Okay. Um, the LLG 2000 thing. It's it is an exciting opening at the time. It, it like, is it, like to be fair to and, it. And Undertaker 200 against Kane is really Undertaker good. Undertaker 200. Like how do you? And, and again, surprisingly rewatchable. What about Rain Hat though at seven? Rain hat, yeah. There Lady is in rain. the blue dress, vain. Those are very memorable things. Chuck Norris is there yeah, for no reason. I don't like that part. Regis, you're beautiful. Regis. Pizza, earthquake, macho man. Yeah, yeah. All that stuff. Mm. Duggan in the Uncle Sam costume. <laughs> Fine, it's better than 14. Just by like a little bit. I don't think... It's better than 6, too. I think it's Ooh. better than 6. I okay, sw- now that's a discussion. I think it's better than WrestleMania 6. Maybe it's not. Listen, listen. You I th- know what? I, th- I think it is. I'm yeah, okay. serious. Yeah, I think you're right. It's actually, so underrated. It is very underrated. Seven is so fucking underrated. Six has, it's the ultra nostalgia goggles. Yeah. But 
I don't think it can match up to seven. Unfortunately, I mean, I love seeing. Uh, I love seeing six. Don't like. I don't even know which one I like better. That I like better, but I think objectively, it's not better than three. Right? No. Seven. No. No. Yeah. Because six and seven. Their big mark against them is historical significance. Now, they hopped over 14 because of nostalgia, possibly, but also because they're really well-rounded shows, right? It's true. It's not just nostalgia. However, 3 is like a 6 or a 7, but it's more significant. Would you say this? Which is better paced, 7 or 6? Same, I think. Maybe maybe 6. They're about the same length, too. They're over 3 hours each on the original version. They're both long. I think, although 6 has that great Ultimate War ending, in a weird way, like... Seven is a more happy ending. Not it's only- like America triumphed and Hulk Hogan uh, triumphed. Ha- yeah. the, the, the two most important things. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, though, but like Warrior wins his match and Savage still goes out as a face. Yeah, that's true. New tag team champ. There's a lot of good things happen at both. Uh, hand towel. Uh, hand towel. I don't know. I could also say Champions Advantage and Six just stays where it is and Seven's right below it. I could also mm-hmm. do that. They're, they're neck and neck in my book. I'll say this. I think 17, 3, and 6 are probably our personal favorites. I think on a scientific level, maybe 7 is slightly better. Than 6? Yeah. Okay. That's the one problem there. Hey, look, I think 7 is one that I've come to appreciate more and more the older I've gotten. I think it's very underlooked as a a good WrestleMania, as an all-timer. It is definitely an all-timer. Do you want to put it above 6? No. Do you want to keep it right below 6? I think it falls just short. Why? just because it's got the warrior savage but that there's something about that warrior holding the both belts up thing at the end there's something true special about it you but know you, but you like to say you know you're we got an era kicking off here uh it's not a good one <laughs> no but six to me is like it's more like how 17 is where it's like it's it's ending a um the hogan like a, era, the hogan yeah, era yeah, like yeah. what is seven doing there's no real era just, there it's it's status me, quo it starts that weird attitude like era sort of thing the early know, 90s attitude era that that that, that 91 thing. 92 yeah, like, it, that's all it's doing yeah that's really all it's doing it's and, starting off that like one year arc of like everything's chaotic yeah like, that's true like, well savage retire see that's one bad thing we don't have savage wrestling like full-time said he's ever like, again really on coliseum video or whatever yeah. like, <laughs> after this yeah WrestleFest 91 he you're absolutely right anyway afterwards because of member he like has to go to japan or france or some yeah shit, and like, he, and, oh one more with think, his lady. I think he fights Martell in Vegas, actually, too. Uh, I'm not kidding. Whatever. Like two days after this. But anyhow. He goes, he hangs out with the Easter Bunny, too, after this. Stop it. Don't bring that up. <laughs> I love them both. Mm-hmm. I love the commentary at both, too. And it's a different team, but they're both really good. Here's the thing. As much as you want to elevate seven, you, you kind of just can't. Because look how perfect that one, two, and three is. Like, look at it. All right, fine. We'll 17, seven, three, six. Four. Like, holy shit. Like, it, it, I'm having a tough time making one better than the other other and since six is already there i feel like it's a champion's advantage type of thing we just leave six where it is Fine. at number three okay. okay we're officially settled on that let's leave it we can close our beakers up right now yeah and just, our, take the lab goggles we'll off let, folks we'll let the science just take it okay here's the rankings folks and then i want to mention one thing about this list after this but here's the final scientific certified non-gmo organic wrestlemanias got all of that the best WrestleManias of all time. At number one, it's still WrestleMania 17. Critics might argue it's okay. Number two, WrestleMania 3 following closely behind. Number three is WrestleMania 6. Mm-hmm. Number four, and a big shocker here, all the way up to number four is WrestleMania 7. 
It's good. It really is. And uh, number five, WrestleMania 14, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Number six is WrestleMania 30. Seven is WrestleMania 10. Eight, WrestleMania 20. Number nine, I feel so bad for it all the way down there at number nine, is WrestleMania 8. It just can't. It's mm, unfortunate. It's better. And number 10 is WrestleMania 18. Why is 18 Something on this fucking list? Well, I wanted to talk to you about that because... Now, sometimes, you know, at the end of different rankings, we'll do different things. I don't think we need to give our personal WrestleManias. All I can say is 18 wouldn't be on mine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably not on yours either, Quinn. No. And I would personally have eight a lot higher. And I might even have I might even have 30 not on there. But honestly, whatever. I would have 30 higher. I know you would. I, well, you and I are not the same person. WrestleMania. But I want to tell you one thing that really upset me. And again, this is voted on by the fans. So there's nothing we can do about them. In case you were wondering why some notable names are not on this. Uh, missing the top 10. Okay. By one vote. And this really upset me. <laughs> so this is what 18 edged out. Ready for this? WrestleMania 5. Yeah. I love 5, man. Yeah. So in case you were wondering, where's 5? Where's 5? The thing was after we went through all the things on 18, it's got stuff. 5 but, is great! Yeah, but 5, Don't Joe, ever. I really think... Johnny, Vi- Johnny main, 5. The main event is okay, but it's, it's great. just a little disappointing. It's great. Slightly. And it's got Rockers versus Towers. That's really fun. Come on, no. It's good! <laughs> Stop. And then another one that I, a lot of people really like, and it didn't make it, uh, WrestleMania 19 missed it by a few votes as well. Eh, I, I well, can take it or leave it there. Depending on your era, I mean, a lot of people like uh, the Vince Hogan thing. A lot of people like Brock Angle, which is really good. I you never got Rock, really like that show. Rock Austin 3, Jericho Michaels. It's a good show, Quinn. Undertaker versus Albert or whatever. The magic big was shows. gone by that point. Ah, right We're there, really Copperfield. Ruth, ruthless aggression at that point. And one more note here is that WrestleMania 4 almost made it. Even though it made it to the worst list, it made it almost made it yeah. <laughs> to the best list. That would have been fun. That would have been really funny if we had to do it for both. Yeah, and then it like somehow made it more than ten. <laughs> yeah. Like. But uh yeah, so folks, that is the Royal Rankings. Thank you so much for your voting on that. And uh, next season we are kicking off a new Royal Flush and Royal Rankings, and that is going to be the Intercontinental Champions. But until then, we've got a break to take here, and when we come back. It's breakfast time, Quinn, because it's time to have some cereal. The AWA and uh, Kellogg's team up for a very strange (laughs) show. That's coming up right after this. When the dust settles on the same field that national championships were won. And Olympic dreams came true. The World Wrestling Federation legacy lives on. As they file from the stadium, each fan is left with the memory of an unforgettable evening and goes home knowing he has witnessed a once-in-a-lifetime event. WrestleMania VI at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. WrestleMania 6 at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. WrestleMania 6, Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. WrestleMania 6, Los Angeles. WrestleMania 6. WrestleMania 6. Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. Los Angeles. WrestleMania 6. Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. WrestleMania 6. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast here for episode number 130. It is our season 13 finale. Lucky number 13, Quinn. 
That's so lucky. Very lucky. You fans are going to be lucky because we got a great review coming up for you. But before, oh we, boy, oh god! But before we get to that, uh, why don't you make our friends of the show very lucky? We have a few other podcasts that we like to shout out. Let's start with the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. WPAN it comes out every Monday, and it is hosted by two guys that have worked in the wrestling business. One of them is a retired referee, Mean Mike Crockett. The meanest of the mics. The biggest of the daddies. Yeah. He's a, he's a nice guy. He actually is a I really like nice guy. Yeah. Uh, and he's a very retired referee. And his partner is an actual current wrestler in the actual Ring of Honor. He is the brawler, Brian Malonis. Wine City Whaler himself. Yes, of course. That's his real name. Let's get that over, wait, please. Wait for the shirts. Wait for the Wine City Whaler shirts. But check out the wrestling podcast about nothing. They have a cool format because they'll mix it up. Sometimes they'll interview someone from within the business. Sometimes they'll reflect on bad or good things from wrestling's past. Get some unique perspective as guys that have actually worked in the wrestling business unlike uh, us we're members of course of the wrestling media because that's a thing yeah it's definitely a thing ryan satin don't bring him up ever again on this show we're in the dave Meltzer territory no journalist stop it with his computer desk or whatever (laughs) his messy room yeah but check out the wrestling podcast about nothing wpan and also check out the critically acclaimed award-winning emmy nominated greetings from allentown (laughs) i don't know it's a podcast (laughs) podcast emmy a potty what is it called a swiffy a potty's a good name a potty <laughs> it's greetings from allentown and it's hosted by one man pete winson a very quirky fellow quinn the quirkiest yeah we got a had the pleasure i'm not being sarcastic of meeting him a couple of weeks back very actually nice a couple man. months ago almost yeah very nice guy very quirky guy and he basically did a one-man podcast for us while we were there talking he, to he's him he's always willing to entertain yep in the msg concourse but check out his show greetings from allentown he reviews old wrestling he does it in a very unique style uh much different than you'll find here but it is very very good check out greetings from allentown and also if you like your retro wrestling with a john deere hat and a side of gravy check out booking the territory with mike mills because they delve below that mason and dixon line they do the southern wrestling they do smoky mountain the nwa crockett era it is booking the territory with mike mills so again our three friends of the show the wrestling podcast about nothing greetings from allentown and booking the territory check those guys out but quinn it's time for breakfast it's breakfast time. Yep. Here on the finale of uh, season 13, Quinn and I decided to do something that uh, a lot of people have probably reviewed either in audio or text form already. It's been out a couple of months. Yeah. It's it's somewhat new, though, in the retro world. Yeah, it is. Uh, relatively new. So we're not trying to be Johnny Come Lately's. We just figured we'd throw our two cents into this here. And we and, wanted to save it for the finale. And we want, yeah, yeah, we were originally going to do it earlier, but we figured, fuck it. Do it for the finale. It's uh, the AWA. Ugh. Battle of the Breakfast Cereal, May 1st, 1989, Quinn. This is something, huh? It sure existed, huh? Yeah. So what this is, folks, it just came out on the WWE Network a couple of months ago. From everything that I can understand, the AWA teamed up. (laughs) I can't even believe we're saying this. With with Kellogg's, (laughs) the cereal company, to to, uh, help promote or be the entertainment of their sales conference in yeah, it's, Minneapolis this so year? it's clearly one of those, like, corporate, okay, we gotta hype up our employees kind of thing. It's a like, gala? It's a it's a rally? I wouldn't say it's a gala. Nobody's dressed up or anything. Um, <laughs> is it a rally? It's like a it's like a pep rally. Like, I work at a corporation. This is the kind of stuff they, I mean, you know, they, they don't hire wrestlers, obviously, <laughs> but, like, you know, sometimes they do stuff like this where it's like you're trying to, like, pep up the employees. You, you know? mean to tell me Wayne Bloom has never been to your company? No. <laughs> oh, <damn. laughs> Not to, like, to pretend to be the competition or something and get beat up. So, uh, yeah, apparently this is what that was. It was made specifically for Kellogg's, 
but apparently AWA owned it because Vince owns it now. And Which I, is weird. Yeah. I, I thought that was strange because usually when they make these kind of things, these companies don't let this get out. Like they usually destroy the footage yeah, right. and done with it because it's kind of embarrassing. But I'm glad they didn't uh, destroy the footage on this one because we get to see something very fucking weird. If you've seen it already, fine, but uh, you can watch along or listen along with us here as we review the AWA Battle of the Breakfast Cereal. Quinn, now AWA, before we get started here, was... Uh, <laughs> Uh, not doing so well by 1989 uh, is a nice way to put it. Just about dead. <laughs> just about dead, yeah. Be done by the end of 90 so going it, into 91. The thing is, it makes sense, and I was saying this to Joe yeah. in, during the break. This is clearly like Greg saying to Vern, listen, man, we need to get paid. Like, his dad, man. Listen, Dad, we need to get paid because, you know, they're going to take Lake Minnetonka <laughs> unless we, like, you know, make something. Right. Make some money. We can make here. a quick buck here. And clearly, Kellogg's is like, we'll give you 10 grand. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, like, you know, you don't pay a lot for that. Like, you pay a lot. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. Like, but you don't pay, like, millions of dollars. <laughs> I would hope not. Like, to, to, like, get the wrestlers to show up to do four fucking matches for, like, your employees. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's just a weird concept. Like, uh, we'll, we'll get into it, but well, why don't we just start now? So, once again, if you want to watch this, you can do it on the WWE Network. It's under the Hidden gem section. Hidden if gems. You're, like, if you're like, where the fuck even is this? Or just like, search for cereal. You'll yeah. find it. That's how I found it. I'm not uh, kidding. It is the AWA Battle of the Breakfast Cereal, May 1st, 1989. Good morning, Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> Seriously. Now, the cold open here has a graphic that says, in your space. Why? I don't know. Is this like the precursor to in your house? I, yeah, that's what I was thinking too, but I, I don't know. I have no idea. That's like when you go to work and someone's parked where you normally park. Yeah. They're in your space. You got it? The ass man's in yeah. your space too. <laughs> Larry Nelson greets us, uh, the AWA announcer, from the Hyatt Hotel in Minneapolis. Allegedly in the hotel. It's more like an empty space. <laughs> Literally, like, it's like dark all around him. so empty and weird and he's got a bowling trophy next to him that's yes. clearly a bowling trophy right oh, yeah like, what is that the company definitely paid for that yeah. the kellogg's i mean yeah. not awa ten dollar trophy hello everybody i'm larry nelson your announcer for this evening's main event tonight quinn is the grapplers from kellogg's versus the tough guys from general mills Why the fuck does exist? <laughs> what the fuck now Yes, we should establish that General Mills are the heels of this show. Right. So <laughs> Kellogg's, I guess, premier rivals are General Mills cereals. Yeah, um, I would imagine so, which right? Have, which the thing is, is I'm just going to say this right off the bat. They clearly have the better brands. GM? Like, oh, Hell yeah. yeah. Like, Get out of here. Honey Nut Cheerios. Yeah, fuck and, tricks. Yeah, tr- kicks. Kicks. I mean, like, Dicks. Wheaties? Yeah, yeah, don't fuck with Wheaties. I'm just saying, like, Kellogg's is, like, kind of the underdog here. Like, they got some of the this worst, is embarrassing, worst brands, and they're going to they're gonna battle it out tonight. Well, hey, I mean, the late 80s were a very competitive time for breakfast cereals. I mean, the kids watching on Saturday morning cartoons, obviously, were very easily These influenced. These were the days when cereal commercials had storylines. Let's <laughs> be real here. You're not wrong. I, I'm not Cookie wrong. Cookie Crisp, I yeah. mean, with the dog and the bandit and all and, that. And and these were also the days where even snacks had uh, storylines. Like, remember the, the Fruit Roll-Ups Factory? Yeah, and all Keebler that Elves yeah. always fucking around. E.L. Fudge or whatever. <laughs> yeah, E.L. El Fudge-o. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, tonight, Quinn Larry Nelson tells us that Kellogg's will have a chance to settle the score. What score are we fucking <laughs> settling? There's a feud, guys. Yes. It's serious. <sighs> we throw to our ring announcer, Dale Gagner. And no, not Gagne. Gagner. Let's go ringside for our ring announcer, Dale Gagner, to introduce tonight's wrestling card. 
Uh, that's his real name. <laughs> he looks like he bought his suit at Caldor. <laughs> like, he looks so cheap. I love all the Caldor references lately. Yeah, sorry. It's very I, appropriate. I, actually, I was going to say, it looks like he bought his suit at Target, but then I was like, wait a sec, Target, Target wasn't really a thing back Caldor. then. Well, then again, it started in Minneapolis, so it's possible it existed, <laughs> but it's Caldor. They so, were the big guys then. So uh, he introduces Andrea Wheeler to perform the national anthem. <laughs> this was deemed important enough for the anthem. Really? Also, by the way, she's wearing like a blanket. She, it's like, like a matador the, blanket. Like, or what the hell is she wearing? They're really taking this whole thing very serially. Thank you. Uh, she sings the song, It's Fine, Matador Dress Aside. It sounds like there's maybe 59 people here. Yeah. You know, honestly. I don't even think that many. It looks like there's 20 at the most. <laughs> maybe. And the uh, ring announcer says, tonight we'll be featuring four no-hold bouts. I swear. He doesn't say barred. <laughs> Excuse me? Tonight we'll be featuring four no-hold bouts pitting wrestlers from Kellogg's against the nasty General Mills gang. The winners of the matches, Quinn, are going to walk away with the In Your Space trophy. What does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know why it's called In Your Space. Is that actually, now that I'm thinking about this, go ahead. A lot of companies, they usually, you know, whoever plans these events, yeah. they usually have like a theme or something. Maybe this that was just the theme. It was like in your space. Like we'll what get in mean? your space. We'll get in General Mills space. Right, exactly. We're gonna we're gonna invade their space. So maybe that was the theme of the seminar or something in your seminar. space. God. And they were like, We'll call this the inner space trophy. Remember when Bret Hart said in your haste by accident that one time that was funny. What? <laughs> July sixth in the Calgary Saddle Dome at the In Your Haste. The judges, Quinn. From the central zone, Bud Morgan. Now, okay, what the fuck is this? Oh, the shit? zones. I don't. But yeah. isn't that a Sonic stage? Central yeah, zone. Central zone. <laughs> From the western zone, Roland Z. Hender. That's not a real name. That's not somebody that works here. There's no way. <laughs> From the eastern zone, Ben Irvin. And our first match is the melee in Minneapolis. It's going to have a 10 minute time limit. First, representing General Mills is this is real. Total be terrible, which is Mike Enos. <laughs> In a bathrobe. In a bathrobe that says total on it. And he comes from behind a curtain that has a cardboard sign labeled bad guys above it. Just in case the crowd is really confused who to cheer for. The future uh, guy that started the NWO. That's era, right. right here. But right here, he's throwing his total cereal to the crowd making, all disdainfully. Making total history. Tonight. Now, his opponent, Quinn, representing Kellogg's. Neutra Rockney. What the fuck cereal is that? I don't know. What the fuck is that name? Neutra Rockney. And I think it's like Neutra Bran or something. Yeah, but still, what is Rockney? I don't Rockney. A joke in the office? What the fuck is that? No, I think the wrestler here is Tommy Jammer, but I honestly don't care enough to find out. Does it fucking matter? No. No. Uh, Now, they just leave, and then we just introduce the contestants for the second match. This is, is, we have to explain this. It's like the opening credits. It's like they bring out everyone, basically. I think because, like, these seminar people probably don't know who the fuck no! is this, this dying wrestling Are you company. Kidding like, me? They, to them, they're just local wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, they not, don't know. They don't know who they these might people know are. who Hulk Hogan is, but other than that, <laughs> they're like, here. who the fuck is this? We've got a movie coming out. Yeah. <laughs> so we introduce the second match, which will be called "The Terror in the Twin Cities." It is Hondo the Honeybee best Haymaker. Name. Best name by far. And this is Wayne Bloom. Yeah, the other he Beverly is brother. the best guy. <laughs> he's ever. amazing. He's so good. And he's got a yellow bathrobe on because yeah. he's a honeybee, obviously. Yeah. And he throws Honey Nut Cheerios at the crowd. How is this real? Oh, <laughs> no. His opponent, Quinn, is going to be Mr. Opportunity. Now, I just thought it was Mr. Opportunity. Opportunity. What the f- why? And I honestly couldn't even tell you what his name yeah, means. Yeah, like, what is like, his serial? They like, don't say what the Kellogg's people are representing. Now, the more I thought about it, again, this was just from going to corporate seminars before. Like, God. 
Yeah, that, this is what every corporate seminar is like. That's like something you tell your employees, oh, like you're, you're looking for opportunity, uh, like work hard, help us out, like, yeah. and you'll get opportunity. So this is Mr. Opportunity. Uh, and take it very seriously, folks, yeah. you know. Uh, the wrestler is Derek Dukes, for the record. I and don't even know who that that's is. That's fine. Next up is the brawl near St. Paul. <laughs> just stop. Please. <laughs> just. Why do they all have titles, these names? I don't know. Like over the matches They're like whatever. making fun of wrestling. Yeah. It's the leader of the General Mills team, the General, which is a current Colonel De Beers, not even a general. I guess his rank was promoted for this. I'm glad the racist gimmick from AWA is the head of the serial. (laughs) I know, right? Way to way to hammer that home there. Yeah, that they're such heels, General Mills. Yeah, and now whereas the Destruction Crew had you know robes on, he literally just is Colonel De Beers, but he's holding a box of cereal, which he just works. He elbow drops it, he stomps it. I love that he did that, by the way. (laughs) And and it was still full of cereal, so the cereal just like pushed out like as soon as he hit it. That cereal sells better than uh, Tom McGee. His opponent, Quinn, is Dr. K, which is a very fat Wahoo McDaniel. I couldn't even tell you that that was handsome. When I saw, I, the whole time, I'm just like, whatever, fat Italian accountant guy. I don't know. It's Wahoo, and he runs out like he was eating his all brand right before why this, if you know what I'm saying. with the Crockett's at this point? Uh, is why he, is he wrestling at this point? What is he doing here? I don't know. The final match on tonight's action will be for the trophy. It is the Ryle in the Isle. Come on! <laughs> what is that? The Ryle in the Isle. In the cereal aisle? I guess. I, I, is that what it is? Or just the Isle of that place. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. It's the Mills Brothers, which is bad company holding cereal boxes. Worst name ever. The Mills Brothers. <laughs> the Mills Brothers. It's just so not. They didn't even think about it. Oh, is Mike Mills related? General oh, there you Mills? go. Maybe. Paul there. Diamond's mullet, by the way, Quinn, is fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's really big. Oh, it's full <laughs> yeah. diamond mullet. It is. So they just throw cereal all around the ring, and then it's their opponents, Quinn. The S&M team. Is that real? Are they serious? Really? I don't think they thought that through. Do they know the implication? (laughs) Come on! It's it's Tom Zank and Greg Gagne, because of course it's Greg Gagne in the main event. I don't blame him, I know, like, to be honest still, with you, because this is clearly him, like, again, a dad. It's we, his idea. We need we need a quick buck, like, quick, because there's, <laughs> yeah. like, a payment due for the Lake Minnetonka house. So they kind of, like, hi, you yeah. know, their way out. Okay, so now that everyone's introduced Quinn, we introduce Scott Richards to give um, a pep talk to the crowd, I guess, about how shitty General Mills is. He literally looks like a cereal salesman, all fat. <laughs> yeah. Just, and he's so angry. He's like, we're not going to stand for it. Like, for what? For tricks going from the fruit shapes back to the round balls? <laughs> no, it's ridiculous. Lucky Charms adding another marshmallow. Baron Von Radberry getting taken off the shelves. Like, what's his problem? And then he's like, in your face, General. In your friggin' face. In your face, General. In your friggin' face. <laughs> I thought it was in your space, first yeah, of all. it's in your space. Get it right. And then he starts asking questions. He's like, why are we in Minneapolis? Why does this exist? That's a more important question. <laughs> Apparently, Quinn, it's because it was the best city for sales or something, and they need to get rid of the goons, like these General Mills people. So at this point, I'm realizing this is a corporate pep rally, that, yeah, isn't right, it? Like, right. That's exactly what <laughs> that's this is. That's what it is. And then he's like, why are we at the Hyatt? I know the answer to this one. Because the Motel 6 (laughs) vestibule was booked already? He's mad that General Mills has tried to get into their space for years. And then he picks up a box of Honey Nut Cheerios. (laughs) He's got a whole thing of cereal, actually. Yeah, he does. And he says... Honey Nut Cheerios is shitty before throwing it to the crowd. You know why? Because he's got nut and honey crunchers. So you know what? No, shut up. Shut the fuck up, Scott. Okay, Honey Nut Cheerios is a fondly remembered gem from the childhood of Gen X and millennials alike. Don't you ever 
fuck with my Honey Nut Cheerios again, you beer-bellied windbreaker-wearing, three-martini-lunch-drinking, third-rate bobcat, gold-weight clown! <clears throat> he holds up a Total Raisin Bran, says it sucks, stomps on it, and then he holds up Nutri-Grain Raisin Bran? Just fuck you. <laughs> like, no. That, nobody gave a shit about, nobody gets that. They just get the purple Raisin Bran <laughs> yeah. with the... With the the California raisins on or whatever. They don't get, nobody got the Nutri-Grain. That sucks no, ass. No kid is like, Mommy, can we get the Nutri-Grain raisin? the more healthy one. They wanted the honeybee with the Cheerios yeah. and the thing with the scoops or it's whatever it was. cereal right now. Yeah, what's must, cereal? <laughs> I have to admit. So now he literally just goes into a pitch about fighting General Mills in the supermarkets, the loading docks, the research labs. So it's uh, Scott Richards, Quinn, the innovator of the Falls Count Anywhere match, apparently. I can't believe I'm watching this shit. Did he talk about TPS reports, <laughs> too? Uh, yeah, I'm going to need you to come in. Business things. <laughs> no, it's yeah. horrible. He then launches into a confusing metaphor about fighting them until hell freezes over, and when it does, they'll fight them on the ice. And I got to tell you, we're going to fight them until hell freezes over, and when that happens, we're going to fight them on the ice! What, what kind of mixed metaphor? <laughs> we're going to fight them until pigs fly, and then we're going to ride those pigs to a lake which they can go jump in. Now he holds up a Wheaties box with Michael Jordan on it. And he's not going to put up with Mr. Jordan and Wheaties anymore. So let me get this straight. Kellogg's hired AWA so they could do a corporate <laughs> seminar and stage fights against General Mills and make them heels. It's hitting you all at once, isn't it, Quinn? Yes, <laughs> that it this is. is what this now, is. Now, you explained it before, but as I'm yes. watching, this is like the moment when yeah. I'm starting to realize what the fuck I'm watching. I thought this was like just a fun thing they right. did. Like, it's I, it's I didn't propaganda. Think it, I didn't think it was like a seminar. <laughs> right. It's not even like propaganda. It's just like for internal like morale. Um, amusement. Yeah, it's like, it, they're clearly like getting like hammered like at the seminar and they're like, oh, they got wrestlers yeah. for us. Yeah. Oh, look at that guy there, yeah. Frank. Yeah, exactly. Next, we move on to Kicks, where he says, remember this? Remember when it used to be good? Before all of us started, that's for sure. Bad. Well, is he talking about Kicks or the AWA? Because it applies to both. I don't know. <laughs> he puts Kicks down gingerly and then punts it into the open space. Horrible! He gives Kicks a kick, I guess. Where a crowd would normally be, you know, if there was a crowd there, right. but this is 1989 AWA, so it's just an open space where there yeah. would normally be fans. I don't know. It's horrible. Now he just yells random names of people that work there, and he asks if they're tired of hearing General Mills talk crap. He's like, we're mad as hell. We're not going to take it anymore. And Remember le- that line, he- by oh, the way. Oh, God. And yeah. he leads the crowd into chanting it and all that. Get the fuck out of the ring, fat man. <laughs> Seriously. You know, like, honestly, Quinn, this guy probably doesn't flush in public restrooms. You can just tell. He's a type. Oh, he's that type. He just huh? walks away from the urinal. All right, Quinn, the bell rings, and it's time for the melee in Minneapolis. It's uh, Total Be Terrible coming out again. Horrible name. comes out again. Larry Nelson's mic, by the way, is open to the crowd. Hideous! Over the PL the whole time. Sounds like he's from the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Bell rings, we lock up, arm drag by Enos, another lockup ends with a hip toss by Enos. Now a third and we get a body slam by Enos. Larry Nelson says... Total the Terrible is so dumb, he thinks Scantrack is the name of a rock group. Can you explain to me what Scantrack is? Because that's not the first time they say no, it. No, they say it several times. I guess it's sales and marketing humor. I don't know, Quinn. I, I don't get it. Now neutral with a quick arm drag, a hip toss, and a body slam, followed by a drop kick. The hard camera, by the way, I don't know if you noticed this, it's too far away, and it's like off to the side a it little bit. It didn't really bother me that much. Me so much. Uh. Larry Nelson says Neutra is energized by all of the vitamins and nutrients in his cereal. Stop. Just stop! What... <laughs> How is this a real thing? I don't know. Big backdrop by Neutra, and he fires away in the corner. Beal toss Irish whip at a nice clothesline gets a two. Power slam now gets two for Neutra. Very shoddy looking splash off the ropes gets the win for Neutra. 
Rockney. Now, when they say this match was over eight minutes, so either they're lying, I mean, it is a sales company, <laughs> or I think it was just clipped. I think it was too, yeah. based off like later things that happened. Yeah. There, there's an actual, like, you can see the clipping at one point. <laughs> right. I don't know. It was a match. Yeah. I'm not even going to dignify this any kind of rating yeah. because, like, no it's point, promotional yeah. footage. <laughs> it whatever. really is. Yeah. This isn't about wrestling at yeah. all. I also have to point out, Quinn. They really missed the boat by not calling the venue here the Cereal Bowl. Oh, good point, actually. Like, how yeah. hard is that to think of? Cereal Bowl? Come you, on, that's so easy. This is thought up by somebody in HR. And like, why isn't the trophy a big Cereal Bowl? Maybe it is, and we just didn't get a good look no, at it. No, it's a bowling trophy. Mm-hmm. It's Paul Bearer's urn from 96. That's true. Our next guy is announced at five foot five, 145 pounds, and he's from London, England. He's the VP of marketing, Tim Mobsby. What? <laughs> so, <laughs> this is real. So he climbs up onto a stage in front of a podium for some reason. It's really weird. Even though the other guy was in the ring. And it's him, we clip now, to him giving a speech <sighs> about how mad they are at General Mills for insulting Kellogg's and all their tactics. I'm mad about, like, accounting things. I'm at a lost for this piece of work it's really amazing. like it's incredible those gm spots are obscene have they no shame instead of pointing out the benefits of their brands they put down the kellogg brand he's like it's like increasing corn production by burning your neighbor's field i'm really starting to get annoyed at this shit at this point <laughs> quinn so he outlines their marketing strategy and says they're gonna fight a war of surprise keeping their competitors guessing as i fall asleep <laughs> And they're not even going after just General Mills, Quinn. They're going after any competitor. There Who won't are be any cereal left after this? <laughs> Who are they? WWE? Yeah, they sound like WCW. <laughs> they do. He says to conduct a war in the marketplace, you begin with intelligence. Do you think uh, intensity and integrity are next? I was literally thinking the same thing. Like <laughs> Kurt Angle should show up or something. Yeah. Uh, I swear, this bad teeth blowhard is acting like they're about to go snatch Noriega. The way they're like outlining this plan, like it's so it's, intense. It's very serious. Yeah. It's very serial. And then he bitches about how General Mills' main strategy is to hurt the competitor's product. Did Vince watch this I when know, it happened serious. again? WCW, <laughs> right? As this crikey here rambles on, I have to say, Quinn, I'm surprised there was never a uh, Hall and Oat brand cereal. Stop. Just Sorry. no. Stop. Not just General Mills, but brands of various competitors who engage in these dirty tactics. This guy's starting to sound like he's about to invade Poland. (laughs) God, he's in front of a podium, he's slamming his hand on it, he's yelling. So he lays out their plan, Quinn. You target products, not competitors. Isn't that capitalism? What is he even saying? (laughs) You gotta be more innovative than ever. (laughs) You gotta move with lightning fast speed, and you gotta be focused. Maybe Vince can watch this now? Maybe maybe now he should. This is war, battlefields, blah, blah, blah. Again, he's making catalogs sound like WCW of cereal right now. And then he, he calls this <gasps> these joke wrestling matches. Joke. Like he shits all over it. Frankly, in the past, our programs have been as predictable as the outcome of one of these joke wrestling matches. You know how it goes. Fruit Loops and cornflakes in January with a direct mail coupon and so on. Not so anymore. Like, what? <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, like, wow, the, the AWE guys got to feel real, like, right? shitty after. Right. Like, I'm like, fuck these guys. Like, <laughs> like, I'm just leaving. You know? Mercifully, he's done and we fade to black, only to unfortunately come back to ringside. Yeah, let's get to the joke wrestling <laughs> matches now. <laughs> it's the terror in the Twin Cities, Quinn. It's one fall, 15-minute time limit. It's Wayne Bloom versus Derek Dukes. You gotta give Bloom credit here. Like you said, Quinn, he's awesome. He gets on the ring apron with his cereal, and he's like, we're more nutritious! I agree! <laughs> yeah, honey, that Cheerios are great. We're more nutritious! 
he's my favorite just because he first of all he's he's totally into it second of all he represents honey nut cheerios like the best cereal and he cares about the food pyramid you know he gives a shit he's part of a complete breakfast yeah now we literally stall for two minutes before this starts. Some real Memphis stalling in the Twin Cities here. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, Dukes gets all feisty, so Bloom grabs an armbar. Duke flips him out of it. Hammerlap by Bloom. Dukes escapes with a drop toe hold. And I can barely even hear Larry Nelson, which is fine. Side headlock now by Bloom as Nelson mutters something about illegal body slams. I, I hate this. <laughs> like, I hate it so much. <laughs> we worked the side headlock for a while now, like it's the first ten minutes of Flare Steamboat. <laughs> Back up and Dukes with a hip toss and a crossbody off the ropes for two. Nice choking by Bloom. Get it? General Mills choking the heels. They use dirty tactics. Get it? Yeah, yeah. Larry Nelson says it's been eight minutes and there's two minutes left. First of all, I thought this was a 15-minute time limit. <laughs> Second of all, it hasn't been eight minutes. It's been like three, maybe four. They're just trying to make it sound important. <laughs> I, I guess. Think. Yeah. Duke no sells a flying chop and then hits a sloppy backdrop, a super kick, and heads up top with a shoulder block. And it gets the win. Good ending. Yeah, all regular yeah. wrestling ending, at least. Yeah. Quinn, next up, it's the brawl near St. Paul. Mm-hmm. So General Beers comes out, and the crowd's like, I didn't pick up what they were chanting. It was very vague. It was either no rice or... Termites are so nice. I don't know. Now Wahoo waddles out and shakes hands with everybody and lock up. Wahoo slaps a general way in the corner. Quinn, Wahoo looks like he's been putting a few extra bananas in his cornflakes, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> he looks the fat as shit. Big boy there. He looks like an accountant. His hair is so straight. Oh, he has accountant hair. Yeah. Oh, all man. the way. Totally. Armbar by Wahoo into a wrist lock, which we milk for a while. Larry Nelson says something about how General tried to drown Captain Crunch. That was good. That was funny. Uh, side headlock by De Beers and then he bowls over Wahoo <laughs> with a shot to his ample cut. Big dumb stomps by De Beers. But Wahoo gets up as the crowd starts chanting Bo Bice again or whatever it is. As Nelson talks about a balanced breakfast from the toilet over there. <laughs> Seriously, he's like, hey, you gotta have a balanced breakfast. <laughs> yes. That's how he it's sounds. It's true. Wahoo tries to come back but takes a boot to the uterus there. He <laughs> hits R and gouges the eyes and then slams the beers into the turnbuckle. An impressive two times. You know how normally Quinn it's ten times? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. One. I get two. Yeah. He does it twice. It's just horrible. Why? I don't know. Irish whip by Wahoo into a big fat chop but he misses an elbow. This match was all chops. It's very choppy. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. He then punches De Beers right in the eye for fun, but De Beers fights back. I feel like I'm watching this on like 0.5 speed. Yeah, this just sucks. It sucks. Sluggish headlock takeover by Wahoo into a double chin lock. Nelson says K takes pride in giving free a free sample of agony. Give me a break. Yeah, come a free sample of agony. By the way, if I was Pete Winston... I'd make a reference to Wahoo's name, Dr. K, and Doc Gooden, because that was his nickname in the Mets, but I'm not Pete Winston. Stop. So I'm not going to say that. Alleged slugfest ensues, and the ref gets bumped in a sales and marketing rally match? Really? <laughs> of course. That's probably just because those that's what those people like think happens in a wrestling <laughs> right. match all the time. <laughs> Dr. K tries the pin, but the ref is out, so the general goes to his corner and retrieves a fistful of cereal, which he <laughs> nails Wahoo with, and then he puts it down his pants. Yeah, that gives a whole new meaning to honey nut clusters doesn't it? The beer's all the way up, but the big face team of uh, Gagne and Zenk throw him off and double drop kick him and then throw the ref back in. Fuck Kellogg's. Like, what is this? They're big heels. (laughs) Yeah, what the hell? But they can't be heels because they're on home territory here. Bullshit. Nobody's going to boo that. Yeah. The beers gets chopped down one last time by Wahoo, and that's the pin right there. So let me get this straight. The faces needed three people to beat Colonel De Beers, or excuse me, General De Beers, or whatever it is. Listen, Joe. We've heard these sales pitch things yeah. also in between. 
Does it sound like these are upstanding business people? Like, <laughs> no. It's like we need to beat the comp. We got to beat them down and make sure they go out of business. Yeah, it's them. like Gerald Briscoe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, so what, what are you, are you surprised that they're like cheering for this cheating? No. We get another speech now or sales pitch or whatever it is. It's the executive vice president of marketing and sales, Mike Simpson. He's from the Canadian North Woods. Really? Like, <laughs> really? why is he introduced from there? That's not. A, is that like a town? I don't I'm, think so. I don't know where that is. Maybe it's near Alberta. Uh, and oh, good lord, this guy is a dork. By oh, the yeah. way, he's got Vern Gagne's haircut, and he squawks about how General Mills has been promoted or demoted to Private Mills. Stop. <laughs> so funny. But why do we call him General? You saw the way that guy fought. We better demote them. I think we should refer to them now as. Private mills. He looks like an accountant, which is actually appropriate here yeah. for once. <laughs> for you know, once, we right? always say somebody looks like an accountant. This yeah. guy should look he like should an look accountant. Like that, right? He actually is one. He also looks like his favorite restaurant is like Bob's Big Boy <laughs> or something bland like that. And then he relates this event to when he was in seventh grade. I didn't get this. And some eighth grader named Leonard Wasley <laughs> always bothered him. So his dad told him to punch Leonard Wasley in the nose. And they're going to punch General Mills with marketing terrible. <laughs> like, what a horrible, stupid thing. Punch him right in the nose with marketing. <laughs> so he goes on and on about their attack plan, their marketing, their strategy. And don't forget their khaki pants. <laughs> he does have very proud khakis on, doesn't they're he? very proud. <laughs> and he brags about their 1989 budget and how they've added $60 million to make sure they stay on top. Just shut up. And I bet you Vern wants that $60 million badly. <laughs> and honestly, if they really were on top, would they have resorted to doing this? Like, honestly... <laughs> It's embarrassing. <laughs> anyway, he finishes up, and we go to ringside where uh, Dale G- Gagner is holding the bowling trophy. That's right, Quinn. It's time for the Ryle in the Isle. It's Bad Company versus the S&M team. I still can't believe that's their name. Are they serious? <laughs> Do they get it? I don't think so. They allege that it stands for sales and marketing, but I maybe don't think they're so. in on the joke. Like they're all having a drink about it in the bar or whatever. Yeah, whatever the hotel, this is, the Hotel Hyatt. Six or whatever. <laughs> Howard Johnson's. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if they were even aware of the pun that they have here, because it's bad company, yeah. and the bad company is representing General oh, Mills. See, get it? That's that's a smart observation. I don't yeah. think they thought of that though. Yeah. Zank and Tanaka start as the Z-Man <laughs> yells the mad as hell catchphrase. I, also it's horrible, horrible. Just stop bringing that. Up. <laughs> I know it's terrible. Uh, side headlock by Zank, Irish whip off by Tanaka, but Zank with a series of hip tosses, inverted atomic drop, and now Ganya comes in to look old and miss a drop kick. So I guess Greg is the S of S&M. I would say he's the S, yes. Yeah, <laughs> Greg's a real S. S. Yeah. Uh, Diamond comes in and then tosses Ganya out. General De Beers comes out to stomp him before leaving. As someone in the crowd throws Ganya some cereal, which he tosses at Tanaka. Can't believe I'm saying these things. This, this has all really happened. <laughs> but Diamond takes him down anyway. Larry Nelson with more Scantrack accounting humor. <laughs> what the fuck is Scantrack? I don't know. Someone got it, but not us. Yeah. Tanaka comes in and gets two off of whatever it was, an elbow or something, before hitting a chin lock. Diamond tags in, does the same. We tease the hot tag for a while at a cereal fundraiser. <sighs> Finally, the Z-Man is in with a drop kick and an atomic drop. He's a real house of cereal. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> double noggin knocker, double drop kicks, and Diamond is out of the ring. Zank with a good high crossbody from the top on Tanaka, and that actually gets the win. Total ass. Total ass. We cut away in the middle of the ring announcement, which is funny. <laughs> Back with Larry Nelson, who brags about how Kellogg's dominated in every single aspect Just of this whole thing. Kissing Kellogg's ass. Fuck this bullshit. <laughs> Seriously, fuck this bullshit. I agree. This but- sucks. <laughs> it's terrible. Like, what's... What- <laughs> Ugh, I 
I just I don't like stuff like this because I've seen things like this at work, not specifically yeah, I know. wrestling, but you, you know, like Wayne Bloom goes to your job. I know. Right, when he yeah. wears his bathroom. I, I've seen things like this before and I don't like it. <sighs> By the way, the trophy is still next to Larry Nelson, even though it's they supposed even, to go to the winner. They didn't even take it. Although they show a clip of them giving it or something. Yeah, well I guess he pre-taped the ending. Yeah, oh, okay, that makes sense. Maybe, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. But anyway, Larry Mills says, General Mills, better think twice before taking on Kellogg's again. And, and that's literally it. It just now, ends like that. You know what's funny about him sending out all these warnings? Take, a, take that, General. General Mills is never going to see this. That's a good point. Like Maybe when, now. What did the gen, When they go to like bid meetings or something to bid for like <laughs> business, they're like, oh, we got this new uh, <laughs> wrestling video and we beat the shit out yeah, of you. Yeah, take that, General Mills, you fuckheads. Anyway, this is... Uh, I don't know how to character categorize this. this. It is, you know what it is. Here's the thing: is I thought this is going to be like really hideous, but like in a fun way. This is really hideous and just like corporate schmoozing. I wouldn't call it propaganda because it's for mor- it's like for morale, really. It's like it's so like oh, we can all have a good laugh yeah. about this stupid thing that we made. Like instead you know of a I mean? foosball table, they hire Vergania, right? Right, and I bet you it costs just as much money. So it's true. <laughs> How much could AWA command for this? Not a lot, like five Quinn. grand or yeah, something. <laughs> That'd be embarrassing if yeah. it was only five grand. But yeah, you're right. Uh, General Mills would never see it. Uh, I didn't think anyone would ever see it. I didn't yeah. know it existed. And but- I don't think it was ever intended to be seen. Again, no, no. I think it was completely like an internal, like haha, like yeah. fun for goof. It's like thing, getting a clown yeah. of the birthday party. Yeah, like exactly. I'm not even kidding. It's that's, like that. That's what they're treating AWA like, and it <laughs> says a lot about the company. <laughs> Clown birthday party, it's true. but yeah, you're right. So it's not fair to judge it as a regular wrestling show because yeah. it's not what it was. Yeah, it was just never meant to be seen, basically. But it wasn't hideously funny in the team challenge way. No, remember that. You know what it is? I'm gonna say this. Just don't get all mad that this exists. Like I, you know, I get mad sometimes, obviously, but no. it's just dealing with this or whatever. At the same time, it's like I'm not man. What a stupid thing. Yeah, Why did they, AWA so stupid. It's yeah. like no, it's like. Well, they just wanted to get a couple bucks to do this stupid thing. Yeah. You know, just something like that. It clearly was never meant to be anything. No. uh, And you hear a lot on some of the old territory stuff that we watch, and maybe the AWE too, that they'll appear at fundraisers and rallies and things like that. This is bad. They're basically renting themselves out for an afternoon. Right. Yeah. For these guys to get drunk and be entertained and then forget about it, you know, (laughs) within a few weeks. That's all it is. I'd be surprised if even any of the people that the wrestlers even remember doing this. Oh, that'd be great if someone would talk to them. Not us, because we don't do interviews, but if you want to send someone our way, be my guest. Like, is Wayne? Bloom available? Is he alive? I, <laughs> Mike I Enos? So. I don't know. I, don't I like know. I like Wayne Bloom a lot. I, I like both of them. One of them got arrested not long ago. Uh-huh. Mike Enos, maybe. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so that was the AWA Battle of the Breakfast Cereal. Very bizarre, to yeah. say the least. But again, it's not fair to judge it as a regular wrestling show, because that's not what it was supposed to be. So, no, it was just uh, supposed to be for fun. Was it entertaining, Quinn? No, not at all. <laughs> I, I agree, it and wasn't. That, and that's the hideous part of it all. Well, folks, we hope you had a good season with with us here on OVP. This has been episode number 130, our season 13 finale. Next week, Memorial Day weekend, we are coming back to start off season 14. We've got a new segment. We've got a new Royal Rankings. We'll be reviewing stuff, of course. You know we love to do that. Thank you guys so much for another great 10 episodes that it's been. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter if you haven't let yet. And also you can uh, donate if you want to at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And if you have a Facebook, just join the group. It'll be fine. I promise you that. But until next week, until next season, I am Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn. And we are out of here. See ya.
folks, thank you so much for spending your time here with us as we romp you through the world wrestling. For the folks, thank you so much for what the. Well, there, there's the blooper reel next season. So anyway, Gene now throws back to Vince and Susan in their dentist often. It's <laughs> a good joke, too. Three, two, one. I'm not familiar with guns and... Bro- <laughs> Steve Downs okay. underwear or whatever. It is one half of the beer sit... Nope. <laughs> Sorry. I need to change that. That's the flush intro. Whoopsies. <laughs> uh, whoopsies is right there with me here. See, this is the raw video. All right. Our, our outro, and we are all set. I forgot to change things over. Okay. Okay. Outside, we couldn't see it from our... What? What even is that? <laughs> Doing really good here. <laughs> that was the wrong thing. Uh, I don't even know what that is. Sorry, my monitor's on the other side. I'm all confused. I'm all, I'm all of a clump. I can, I can see it, like, perfectly now, your monitor, by the way, which is really funny. Like, <laughs> it's like I, I feel like I have a better view than you do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Here we go. And then we're going to have Kevin and Carrie Von Eric versus Michael P.S. Hayes and Terry Gordy from the Free Verbs. Now, free Verbs. Free Verbs. Say that again. <laughs> no, it's all right. Every euphemism. Euphemism. Euphemism? Euphemism. Euphemism. <laughs> euphemism. Nope. Euphemism? Am I keeping this in or editing this? You can put this in the, in the, in the, the, uh, what's it? What is it called? The, the bumper thing with all the, the errors. The blooper reel? The blooper reel, yeah. Euphemism. Yeah. Okay. He wants. Wants. He wants. Johnny Fee. Johnny Fee. Johnny Fee. Johnny Fee. Johnny Fi. Johnny Foam and Johnny Foam. They're, they're brothers. <laughs> Hang on one second. Really? It's the Yokozuna Verkin. Verkin? It's the Yokozuna Verkin. Yee.